Well, there goes the No, I can't, I can't do the, the ululation without this going. This makes my voice shake. Good morning, everybody. I need the ululation. I do. And I'll see you, you later. Joy, Joyce actually wept. Joyce being my wife, me being me, Dave, Dave Lefkowitz here for the 868th episode of the Dave's Gone By Facebookio Podcastio of the stream here live on Saturday morning. It is October 15th, 2022. And it was funny when um, the last episode we did, we, we skipped last Saturday uh, because I had done our anniversary program on Thursday night before, not this past Thursday night, but a week and a half ago, because I wanted to go on the air the very first, uh, or, or, or at the exact minute, at the moment, 20 years to the minute that I went on the air for the first time doing Dave's Gone By, back originally on radio, Long Island Radio, WGBB, I did an hour audio only, and now here it was 20 years later, later Thursday, October 26th, excuse me, oh, I'm so gone, October 6th, 2022, and I made sure, I was like, okay, I'm, I normally do the show Saturdays from 9 until noonish or thereabouts, and I said, no, 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 it doesn't matter how busy I am, uh, how busy I am, how crazy things are, I'm getting on the air 20 years to the second, so I can go, it was 20 years ago today, uh, Dave Lefkowitz started his radio journey. I know, I, you know, but um, so I did, right? And had a great time. And, and I'm going to thank the folks who who came in and, and became part of that episode, including, of course, Vicky and Leslie, and musician Eddie Hug, who was in the radio studio I was in the day that I started all those years ago. Uh, and it was, anyway, my old friend that was your title bound, he took part also and, and got some great well wishes. But the first posting, and I think this was from Stan, but um, remember Stan? Oh, yes. But um, he, was, the, he, he said he got Pam as your number one fan. Yeah, kind of did. And now we've got, now we've got um, Mary, Mary. Yeah, Mary. He put your picture on like weird stuff. Yeah. But here's, here's I think it was Stan. Could have been one of the others who said, um, you know, looked at within like the first minute or two or three that I was doing the broadcast yeah. and typed uh, on the Facebook thing, not congratulations, not mazel tov, not 20 years, here's to 20 more years. No, he just, <laughs> one question, are you high? Are you high right now? I'm like, he said that because I probably looked, it was 11 o'clock at night. I've been teaching <laughs> you like Billy Joel. in Maryland and I'm, I'm like, uh, I haven't even told the whole story of that. Huh? He wrote that. He wrote somebody. I think it was Stan who wrote. Are Are you high right now? I'm like, no. Of all the people you would ever ask that to, which is kind of ironic or whatever, people must have thought the way my brain works that I'm on or have been on any number of psychotropic hallucinogens and drugs, or mushrooms, or, or mushrooms. Well, Joyce loves mushrooms. I I can unless they're canned and sautéed. No, but they're thinking like psychotropic. I know. Yeah. I know. They're, 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 the toadstool licking kind of. David, there's yeah. a thing that I read in the um, mm. in my New York Times blurb I get every day. Yeah. It said that there's a service now where 
you can watch comedians perform, but you could pick the joke. Like it's like an uh, interactive. I guess wow. it's a series of. I don't know if it's live or they have pre-recorded jokes that you pick a series of. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, I, I thought it was going to be something else. I thought it was this thing of you select like an old joke, oh, I and like know. five different comedians get to tell it, and whoever tells it the best. That That'd be a great um, series. I just gave somebody like a $10 million idea. Like, who tells the old joke best? Wouldn't that be fantastic? And with Gilbert on, it wouldn't be an obvious thing every time. Everyone do it a little bit differently. That's true. You like Gilbert a lot. Well, but anyway, what I was saying was that the guy wrote in, or the woman wrote in, are you high right now? And the irony is that I've never actually been intentionally high. I've never been drunk, and I've never tried... Even pot. It, pot is probably on my bucket list at this point. Nothing, I mean, I would literally have to be cancer-ridden on death's doorstep to say, Meh, I'll try a button of LSD, a, a half a button. No, I don't want to kill any more of my brain cells. Let me have a half button of LSD and I'll see what I dream about. Will probably be naked women, but still, let me see what, what they do. And they, my luck, they turn purple and have three tits, so it would not be a, a good thing. Um, but I understood where it was coming from because I looked at my face when I was going back and, and um, doing the archives and putting our anniversary show on davesgoneby.com, on archive.org, and I saw myself. I like my, I was like bleary, and my eyes were sort of half open, which is basically. <laughs> half of my students look when I see them at university. Uh, and, and I was, oh, no wonder he thought. No wonder he assumed or, or figured or, or is guessing. You I was like, no, no, I, I'm just exhausted. I am literally just at, my, at the end of my tether and only halfway through the semester. So let me catch you all up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now that you're, you're tuning in here. What? That's me on your phone. I'm here. I'm live. I'm live on Facebook. Yay. So, um, as you all probably know, if you've been watching the show week to week or year to year, I don't know how, to, how, do I don't know how you move. Just turn your... Or stop the feed or something. There you go. Oh, no, I'm still talking. I talk a lot. Um, George just found my, the Facebook thing on, on her phone. So, um, what was I about to say? Um... You know that in late July, we made a move. We bought a house out in Maryland and moved there in early August. It was, it was time. Joyce wanted a new job, got one, yay, teaching at a university up there and, and an associate professorship position. And, of course, you know, me being me, the trailing spouse, I'm like, oh, I got to quit this job that I really like and go find another one. So, you know, casting about, casting about, and got to teach as an adjunct again, which is, you know, kind of creative, as Joyce would say, generative, because you're trying to help and guide young people and teach them certain things that will help them along in their writing, which means in their life, right? And, and but it's also, you know, adjuncts get paid garbage, no matter where in America you teach. And it's just, it's a ton of work for very little credit. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Um, so I start, man, and, and I came in from that, you know, from not knowing if I would have a job the second week of August to, oh, I have to teach in a week and a half. Fine! You know, I can grab so my old syllabi. Why are you taking your grandchildren to the, uh, Lake Henderson camp for the first time? I, 
I, how am I on that? I go, should somebody include me on a... Uh... No, that's another David Lefkowitz. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's somebody else named like me? I will have to have them uh, terminate. Anyway, so I have to now teach again. Whoa. And it would be what? You know, oh, yeah, that was from, from... That was the photo I posted from the anniversary show that was taken... 20 years ago, I think the week before I started, Joyce is pointing to the picture of me with my arms crossed with that old, uh, that blue t-shirt on, that was taken 20 years ago outside the building, and it, it, the sign says radiology, but there's actually radio station was in that building. Anyway, I've got to teach these courses, right? And it would have been relatively simple to just take my old classes and and just you know, put new dates on them and use my old lesson plans and just and, and just add some more powerpoints and things except of course it never works out that way <laughs> for me because back when i taught the, my english classes in colorado i was teaching it twice a week two 75 minute sections now i had to take that and somehow because well, you know when you're a newbie they screw you so i have have them three days a week for 50 minutes per class Right. So now I've got to go back through all my lesson plans, all my stuff. And like, how do I now I've got, to, I've got the material. I just have to chop it up in different ways week by week. And also, I almost never used PowerPoints back in the day, even though everybody else was. I, I, I rejected them. I abjured them. I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm an old fashioned guy. I like either a blackboard or a whiteboard I can write on. And the physical act of oh, writing makes them watch me. The yeah. The name is called Dolphin Bay. So, um, you know, and, 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 but now it's, if I didn't have Blackboard, <laughs> I'm sorry, if I didn't have um, PowerPoints now, I, I literally would just collapse in front of them. So now I'm... I'm when did you meet Cookie Monster? Last night. Oh. Um, if, I, if I didn't have this tool that I avoided for all those years, right? If I didn't... It's really, really helpful. And this is what kids are used to also. They, if they don't physically see it in front of them on a slide, and a slide that they can actually go back to and look at all week long, because I keep my, my PowerPoints on um, their interface. So even if they miss class or if they don't remember what was in class, they can go look at the slides again. So And, and Joyce taught me that. So um, Somebody just posted an yeah. interview with the monkeys from 2007. Wow. Porky's discussion. I guess they're the monkeys. That yeah, well, I, I interviewed only Peter Talk. No, Twice he was on the show. Hi, everyone. Our wonderful Torky Gailey re relayed information on archive.org aside from monkeys oh, and stuff. Right. And looky what I found. I got really into this radio interview with Peter and wanted to share it with everyone. Check it out. And thank you, Gail. And it's the it's seven, September 15th. Yeah. It's your show. Wow. Who, who shared? Thank you very much. I'm wondering who shared. Um, it's in a monkey's support it's group. It's in a chat group. Oh, my God. I it's hope they a, find... It's yeah. in a group for monkey, monkey fans. Monkey fans. Wow. I hope she found... Like, I, I interviewed uh, Peter Tork twice. He was on the show... Um, he was on the show twice. I'll send you that. You can tell yeah. her. And it becomes... I was talking about this on, on my... I'll um, find a way to send Thank you. you. Our anniversary show that, you know, when it becomes even more important to me to have the archives when people die. And when Peter Tork died, I'm like, okay, we have probably an hour's worth of conversation with the late Peter Tork of the Monkees, one of the most popular bands in the 1960s. 
So very proud of that. But my whole thing was, so, you know, I have all this work to do to get my, I just sent it to you. thank you, all my classes into shape. And, you know, I'm, I'm teaching these three classes. And then like with a week left before school is starting, I get, a, um, you know, I'm trying to make contact with the chairman of the English department at Joyce's university, right? And, and he contacts me and he said, you know, we didn't think, at first I thought we would have a lot of stuff open and then we had nothing open. But all sorts of craziness happens a week or two before classes begin. And so, um, you know, and it always happens. You, you figure everything, all the ducks are in a row, all the tenured professors are teaching this, all the social professors are this, we have our, all our adjuncts. And then one or two weeks before classes start, like clockwork, things fall apart and things open up. And then they threw me another class to teach. Same subject as English comp, but do I get to, to kind of do it three days a week and just use my same lesson plans? Oh no. Now I now I have I, I try doing this, ladies and gentlemen. Try teaching an English composition class once a week in front of students for two hours and forty minutes at a clip. Try getting through that with your your mind not turning to and their minds, which are already mush, not turning into sort of a weaker suet. Right? And um but of course, you know, I need the money and, and, and we're in this new place and I want to get good with the university. So I'm like, okay, sure, fine. And, and now I have to take the, so, so this, this is the wonderful mathematics of this. I've got to take my old lesson plans, which were two days a week longer, chop them into three days a week shorter. Now I've got to take the three days a week and, and figure out how to smash them into once a week. And I'm doing this. And I'm managing it, and I've got, you know, sometimes a hundred papers to grade over the course of a weekend. And it's English, and they can't write English. So on every single essay, I can't just sort of read it over with the rubric and go, okay, you know, good point, nice to read, thank you so much, you know, enjoy your life. No, it's got to be, you're missing a comma here. Oh, you're, you're not using proper my modern library format. And by the way, library shirt. Uh -huh. um, you know, you're not doing that. Please, please, please go to some sort of mountain, study with a pasha, or, and, and have him teach you how to use a semicolon. All of this, uh, again and again and again, uh, they come at you. Fine. I am managing this. I am doing all right. I, I've got just enough time and energy to teach one class three times a week, another class for a long time, once a week, and shop for the house and make the phone calls and, and go through all the stuff that you have to do when you buy a house and a car and, and all of this. And, and enjoy life a little bit in kind of the best weather of, of Northern Maryland. This beautiful house that I've shown you with a nice backyard and these rooms and, and it's, it's lovely, right? And, and sleep and sleep. You know, try and do this without losing good, decent night's sleep, which I'm managing fantastically. And then <laughs> I get a call two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm obviously I'm grateful for. I'm bitching, but I'm grateful. Um, I get a call from the university chair, and he says, "Well, guess what? No, it wasn't even from him. He had the chair of another department contact me, the foreign languages department, and uh, she was like, "Well, you'll you'll never guess what happened." <laughs> 
Um, there, there's this other course. It's also a 100. It's a low-level course, which means you get the creme de la crap of, of, of students. Like, just anybody that they picked off the street and said, hey, you want to go to college? Do your parents have a few thousand dollars? You don't really belong in college, but there you go. So um, I get a call saying, hey, you were kind of recommended for whatever reason that this person has been teaching a class about literature. So it's a literature and writing class for people who don't understand literature and can't write. And there's a woman who's been teaching it. Not surprisingly, she had a heart attack. <laughs> she also teaches the foreign language. But I'm, I'm understanding now why this woman had open heart surgery emergency. Like, one day she's not feeling so well, next day she's on the table, ribs open, the whole David Letterman thing. And they're like, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we had, when this happened, we had an adjunct lined up to take the class, right, to, to teach it instead. You know, I got the syllabus, I got the stuff, um, but, but, uh, like, we hired the adjunct a few days ago. And then she just contacted us to say, no, rather than come in, take over a class midstream that nobody knows what it is, and also have to teach you know, this because it's two sections of a class, and I have to deal with that and teach them great papers and make almost you know, horrible money, and move into Las Vegas. And, this, and, this she, and, and, and of course, the, the woman from this department is wondering aloud, Really, she did not know that she was packing up and moving to Vegas <laughs> the moment she told us, yeah, I'll take the class. Yeah, I think I'll take that. She had no idea that, oh, you know, she had a crap tables job and a lovely, you know, $230,000 house lined up somewhere in along the Vegas Strip. It was like, but anyway, they were basically, uh, it, it's, it's, I was an emergency warm body. To them, it's kind of like they had someone, they lost someone, they had someone else, they lost someone else, and like they went all the way down the list and say, like, "Oh, new guy, new guy. He's breathing. He seems to have published a little and can talk to English good. Let's hire him <laughs> if he'll take it. Please, please take it, please." They were very grateful. They're extremely grateful that I'm taking on these classes there, and I was grateful to be hired. But the upshot of it is that two weeks ago I took on. On two more classes, same course, two sections of it, with 20 more students apiece, and more papers to grade, and a, a syllabus that, you know, I got up until that point, but no lesson plans. No, I come in and they hand me like a bag of books, and they say, well, this is what we were going to be picking um, readings in the course from. And I'm like, oh, Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And no lesson, nothing. No, nothing mapped out. None of the assignments, not the final, not the presentations, nothing. Um, thank you very much. And we're more than a third of the way, more than a third of the way through the semester when, when I get this. So if the, the upshot of all this is if I looked high <laughs> on Thursday, October 6th, when I was doing the 20th anniversary episode of Dave's Gone By, um... I was not high. I, I was, if anything, I was low. I was like, I'm, I'm dying here. <laughs> I'm like overwhelmed. I come home, I grade. 
I'm not, or I don't have time to grade because I'm too busy making PowerPoints. Or, but I can't make the PowerPoints until I do the lesson plans because the base. I can't do the lesson plans until I look through my old notes. Or for this new class, I can't do the lesson plans until I start reading all these fucking short stories. I have to read Camus' The Plague. I literally, but sometime between now and two weeks, I have to read Albert Camus' The Plague. I had to read, like, at least a little part of, of Geoffrey Chaucer's um, A Journal of a Plague Year. Oh, isn't that fun? Because, and I can tell you, I mean, if you want to find out where the fuck I'm teaching, it's easy enough to do. But I'm not going to tell you. But, but I have to teach a course about pandemic, plague, lockdown literature. And when I get this course, um, my first thought is... Okay, so, and it's English. It's a basic 100 level, as I mentioned, English class, right? And I'm, the only thing that occurs to my mind is that they do a lot of these different ones. They try and be very cool with these, generally, to get students interested. So there's actually one, one I don't know if it's an adjunct or probably a real professor professor, who is teaching one about Nina Simone, like her life in music. Whole I mean, you got, again, it's in English, so they've got to write papers, got to read about her, probably read biographies of her, as I did actually years ago, just for me. Um, you know, so, well, oh, that's kind of interesting. And you know you're going to get a certain segment of this university's student body that is going to be like, oh, oh, well, I'm going to read that, you know? And, and other things about race and justice and equity, and I'm like, but who, who chooses after two years and remember, these kids were in high school, uh, and, or out of high school, trying to do high school from a room, right? Why would anybody choose to do an entire, and not just a section, not just a week or two of readings, but an entire 16-week course on literature about death, dying, the plague, and the pandemic and lockdowns? Wouldn't that be the kind of thing that nobody wants to read right, right now or a year ago? When, when this thing was planned out. Wouldn't that be the one subject that you would sort of say, you know, we've all been living this. I think we all emotionally understand it. We don't need Daniel Defoe, Boccaccio, and, and Albert Camus <laughs> to tell us how to get through what we've just been living through. We've just been living the right. right? And I'm like, why, did, why would anybody want to choose this? Why? And, and so... And, and, and this is the best part of the story, I think. I go, on the first day of each of my sections of this literature class, this, this literature, lit and writing class, and I, you know, I try and be, I'm a pretty open professor. I mean, I'm, I'm very anal. I'm very anal retentive as a professor and, and incredibly controlling. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I, I, I always tell you the truth and I'm, I'm, I never BS you and blah, blah, blah. So, so I'm asking, hey, I, I'm just kind of curious. Okay. Well, you have options to choose this kind of course, which is they have to take, it's mandatory to take a course like this. So they could have taken the Nina Simone, they could have taken um, one about you know, comedy, they're going to take a long about some, all these different topics that followed the same deliverables, I hate that word, deliverables in terms of what they had to produce at the end of class to get a grade, right? Um, so I asked them in one class, uh, like, okay, you have these choices, and yet here you are, 21 people, and you chose to take this 
class where we're specifically dealing with plague, lockdown, pandemic literature for four months. Why? I'm, I'm, why? why did you choose? The, I wanted something to bank on. I wanted something to pivot to. I said, oh, you're interested? Aha. And then and, and talk about that and go for it. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm looking at blank faces and stares and like, oh, I, I thought the professor was going to talk all, the whole time and leave us alone. Um, but I'm like, yeah, come on. So, so who here? And somebody finally raised a hand and said, well, you know, there really wasn't a choice. They gave us this. I said, yeah, I know, they gave you, you have to take a course like this, but why this specific subject? And it was like, no, no, it's the only one that fit in my schedule. And, so, and then I, I dared, stupidly, I asked the class, okay, so who's here in this particular section taking this particular course only because they have to be and not remotely by choice? If I tell you <laughs> twice, every single student Raised. I think maybe one kid was sort of as a, as a kind of interested. Nobody else was interested. Nobody else wanted to be there. Nobody else cared about this topic. And now, <laughs> here it is, here's old Dave. I'm like, well, for the next eight, nine weeks, guess what we're going to be doing? Because I can't suddenly change horses and I can't suddenly go, oh, you know, we're, we're going to go into uh, stand-up comedy over the past 30 years. We're going to write articles about people's routine. I can't do that. I probably could have. At this point, they were so glad to have a human being standing up there uh, taking over for 75 minutes twice a week. They probably said, oh, yeah, yeah go ahead, change it. Who cares? You know, just get some, some essays out of them and read them. And, and I probably could have or should have done them. Except then I might have had to do everything from scratch. So now I'm teaching literally six college courses, two different preps, um, five days a week. So if I look high, and I look at my, my eyes, I look at my face like, um, oh. I think we both got Billy Joel syndrome. You know, you look, we both. Oh, yeah, I, I get, well, I, my dad looked for, when Billy Joel got old, yeah. like old man Jewish looking, he looked like my dad, right? Oh. And uh, Billy Joel looking, what Billy Joel looks like now, he, he looks a lot like my father. And I, of course, have some of my father's features and my mother's and her family's eye bags. You know, so I got, uh, yeah. oh my I got God. the Lhasa Absolute. You no, know, because they, they turn black and they got the, you know, I'm never getting, I'm not. Are we getting a Lhasa Absolute? Nah, I can't allow, yeah. You want a Lhasa Absolute here? I remember, I, remember, I think um, they used to show this on, on TV, like Lucille Ball. Once did literally, Lucy. It was like a clip from the Lucy show, and she was like, did I ever, did I ever show you what, what a Lhasa Apso looks like?" And she's like, I, "I don't know how she did it, but it was great." It's like she she did the eyes, and she got... <laughs> it, was, it was so unexpected coming from her. It was brilliant. What, what was the relevance? I have no idea. It was a commercial. It was a clip part of a commercial. Did you ever tell you, or, or or some other dog? Was it like a Betty White and a pet charity? I don't know. I don't think I've so. I've never heard of that in my life. Oh, it's hysterical. I we're going back 40 years. I just see this on television. And it was the one time that Lu the Lucy show, which was really enjoyable, made me laugh out loud. So one time I could watch I Love Lucy and I said, oh my God, that's hysterical. Um, does anybody remember that? Anyway. Anyway. Are you sure it wasn't Carol Burnett? Nope, 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 nope. It was Lucy. Interesting. Oh, Pekingese. Google this. I'll bet. It, you know what? It, when you go on your phone again. Google Lucille Ball Pekingese, and I will show it to the people and, and tell them that I'm not kidding. 
Lucille Ball video as a Pekingese pet. I remember Ethel Merman. Uh, Ethel Merman. Ethel. Oh, Lucille Ball Show. Lucille Ball Show. Pekingese. Really? It's not there? Oh, this is going to make me mad. I'm going to Google. I'm going to find this. Maybe. Maybe not. It's all her with Pekingese. She must have had Pekingese dogs. Pe I love Lucy Pekingese impression. We're go oh, here it is. Here it is. Just, just look up Lucy Bald Pekingese. I have the, the, the image of it that I can share. I don't know if I can oh, share it. Can you find it? She looks like, it looks like that um, Twilight Zone episode, right? Yeah, oh yeah, the faces. So, so just so you know, I wasn't kidding with you. Here's, here's, here's. <laughs> they're not even showing my impersonation of a Pekingese. And Ethel goes, a Pekingese? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and Lucy did this. Okay. And when you see this out of the blue and completely out of context, it's actually pretty hysterical even, even in any context. But, but there she is, yeah. It's a bit disturbing. And this is why we do love Lucy. So. Uh, it's a bit disturbing. <laughs> this should be my, my um, what do you call wallpaper? This should be my um, uh, screensaver, I think. Anybody remember that when they showed that on, on TV and commercials? Anywho. I don't remember. I remember this stuff. So. Mm. Have a good memory, honey. So I go on this morning. Anyway, so. That was all it's kind of backstory. This is where I am in my life right now. So I'm not going to enjoy Maryland until December when I have a moment, a half a moment to breathe. Until then, it's just going to be like, get through the grade this. Oh, I'm done grading that. Okay, we're going. Oh, go. I got to make slides. Oh, fuck. You know, moment after moment after moment, and then blessed sleep. Right. So that's what it is. And yet we wanted to come in. Because uh, we, we haven't been in New York for like two months, and, and Joyce wanted to see her family, and da da da. So, I had a medical appointment. I mean, it's for, it's for medicine. I know this. I wasn't okay. going to mention that. Yeah, that's okay. um, People can know. It's not, you don't know for what, but they know. Well, can we, can we say the idiocy of this? Of, of why? Well, please no. Please don't know. We cannot. So, um, <laughs> it's, not your, it's not your narrative. So, so well, that, that's part of the narrative of, of why we're physically in New York. So, um, so we come in kind of last minute, and you know, I'm, I'm at first I'm like, you know, what, it'd be great. I'm gonna go, go to the old bedroom where I grew up, open the laptop, finally grade the papers of these two classes that I just inherited because it's already I've had the course of a week I haven't touched them because I, I didn't want to grade anything until I talked to them a little bit about what the assignment was supposed to be. Because they did these papers for the older professor, whom I, by the way, I never spoke to that professor. I have nothing against her. I, I thank her for, for giving me the class so I can make a little more money. But she's not to be disturbed. She had open heart surgery. Oh, and, and, I, and I remember asking the, um, the woman from the other department who gave me the gig. I said, well, you know, okay, so she had the surgery. She's at, she's at home. She's doing well, apparently. She's, she didn't die on the table. She's recuperating and recuperating very well. Why couldn't she just sit in her bed do, and turn the class remote asynchronous, which means far away, uh, and it's not even live. You don't even get on live Zoom with the kids. You just create assignments, and you read them, and you give them feedback, and you know, do it at your leisure when, when you don't have to rest 15 hours a day to recoup. Yeah. And she's like, 
No, it's open heart surgery. It, it doesn't quite. David Letterman didn't come back on the le, on, on late night a week and a half later and go, okay, I'm going to do a five minute show today, and then uh, in three days I'm going to do a ten minute show, and by in two weeks I'll be. It doesn't apparently it does not. I hope I never find out that it doesn't work like that. Um, so, so, so we, we come to New York, but of course, immediately my, my better instincts get the better of me. I'm like, wait, but I'm in New York and, and, you know, I haven't been here in two months and all these shows are opening. And Joyce is like, you know, on the right up here, she's like, well, you're going to do your show, right? I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do my Dave's Gone By show. I need, I, I got to Greg, I've got to do this. I've got to, and, and she's like, that you live for that show. It's the only thing you, you actually love in this world. <laughs> me included. Why, why are you not going to do the show? Do you want me to make you tea or anything? I'm going to go make, I need tea. Tea would be great. Okay. Like a nice sweet, um, I know where sugar is. Oh yeah, do the agave. So, you know, you got to do your show. Got to do your show. Oh, okay. So I'm singing in the cab. And then Joyce teaches me, this is really great, um, you, if you use a hotspot on the phone, it'll connect to your computer, and you can actually get Wi-Fi on your computer wherever you are, which is wonderful. Um, but, brilliant? Whoever invented that must have been a genius. Gee, well, anybody who invented it, I, the person who invented the Q key on a computer is a genius, right? The guy who said ones, zeros, ones, zeros. Yeah. Oh, the binary code? Genius. Yeah. The guy who invented, like, a, a, a nail clipper, right? I imagine that the old, back in the caveman days, either they were always scrabbling and something, nails never got long, oh. or they just went to a rock. <laughs> you know, like, Is that how it went? That's exactly how they, yeah. they made the face, too. Like, really? oh, 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 that's good. That's good. You know? I'm fingering the wife tonight. So, um, <laughs> so, so, so some, some genius. First, they went with a file. Because they needed the file to make weapons, and they're like, you know, if I have a thing that you can open and then clip and then grip and go clip, 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 genius, genius, unheralded. I don't know who invented it. Probably Wiki will tell me, but um, you know, God bless them. So we're in the car coming over, and I'm and now I've got internet. And am I working? Am I am I grading papers? Am I working on my syllabus or, or my Let's, no, no. It's like now I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do a Dave's Gone By this week. I got, I'm just gonna do a Dave's Gone By. It's, it's the one thing I love. So um, now I'm I'm starting to write questions for the Today Yesterday quiz, and I went from not having one to well, it was, it was a long car ride from Maryland to New York. Oh, and I should mention I'm not driving. <laughs> just so you know, it's not a self-driving car thing. It's like we, we, we hired a thing and, and we went so I could sit in the back and work. So we have a Today Yesterday quiz on Dave's Gone By Today. Yeah, that written literally in a car on the way from Maryland to New York. And we have a Colorado limerick that I wrote when I came back and and, um, and the usual stuff. And Greenly Crimes at all times that I've been collecting already. So, yeah, enough for a two, two and a half hour classic style Dave's Gone By. We don't have a, a guest guest, but we do have Ronald Rand and Vicky Quaddy and Leslie Hoban Blake coming in to play the quiz. Yay. So, you know, it, it, it's, I, you always find time for more things when you have no time at all. I was taught this in high school, and it's true. You know, if you have two things to do over the course of the week, 
you know, you kind of put them off, you procrastinate, and then they sort of balloon and you take forever doing them. If you have 10 things to do, and you really only have time to do seven, you wind up doing 12. It is just the nature of time and the nature of humans. So yeah, I'm, I'm you know, grading, I'm doing, I'm doing, and I'm doing the show today. And I'm delighted. But if you see the bags under my eyes, I will tell you that I went to New York City last night to see a show. And actually, I'm going to do an inside Broadway segment because I saw a Broadway show yesterday evening. I uh, just, you know, I wanted to. I wanted, you know, I'm in New York. I've got I've been a theater critic for 35 years. How can I, t- even a short trip like this, how do I not step into a Broadway theater? So I said, and I set up a short show. I want, you know, it's a Friday night. Everything starts at eight o'clock instead of seven. And I want to get home. I've got the show today. I'm coming in for a matinee later. So I really, I want to get home early, sleep. And I do a show that I will review for you called Cost of Living, uh, a Broadway drama by Martina Mayock, M-A-J-O-K. Um, I'll tell you about it in a bit. But it's, it's supposed to be an hour and 40 minutes long. <laughs> no intermission, so you know it's not going to go on forever. And get me out just, just, just if I run in time to make the 1004 LIRR train back to my station, right? Where I parked, you know, because I take my mother's car and park it at the station. So I don't even have the, the half a mile walk home. I can just come back to the station. Well, wouldn't you know, the play that was supposed to be an hour and 40 minutes long was really an hour and 55 almost minutes long. So I'm coming out of the theater and I'm hustling and I'm running. And New York is packed again. It was, it was really packed coming in. But I have, I have plenty of time to get to the theater. But coming out, it's still, you know, it's a Friday night in New York. I miss the pandemic. There were so, there weren't that many god darn people. Now, so you're dodging, you're weaving, everybody's nuts, everybody's grandparents around. So trying to get from one street to another to another. And I realize that even if I, uh, I can try jumping on the subway for one stop, if, and, and, you know, the calculus is like, I've got four minutes. I looked at my wife, it was like 9.59, and I was still on the street. If I ran down to the subway, and the train was literally there, so I could take like a $2.75 gamble, take the train, run, and, and still miss it by like a minute. So like, you know, the hell with it. Hell with it. I'm just going to go. I'll catch the first train to another local station. Thank you, dear. I'll take the next train to the near, nearest local station, and maybe I'll Uber, or, you know what, no, I'll, I'll sit, maybe I'll wait a little bit and go, um, and then grab a train. Would you like a piece of bread with butter? No, thank you very much. Uh, a train at a nearby track, uh, and, and, and take that. So, Careful. this is what I do. So, I, I, I miss the train I wanted to, and I missed it by like 10 minutes, so it really wasn't even close. So I, I missed that train, but now the way the LRR schedules things is like the next train to the nearby station that I would need is another half hour, right? So now it's like, okay, I'm not, I am not getting home by 11, not even getting home by 11.15. It's going to be a late-ish night. So, but I, I, I'm like, fine, fine, what the F. I wait in Penn Station, which parts are nice and parts are still not very nice and just like, meh. I don't know if they'll ever really make Penn Station nice. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I grab a, a beverage, and I hate doing this because they overcharge like crazy. I'm, I'm like sweating. So I grab this 
this really good, it's like lime watermelon beverage, and it was sparkling beverage called Smash or Mash or something like that. Um, real good. It's like four fucking dollars for a bottle of this, but I'm like, you know what? Snapple is three dollars. I'll, I'll drink this. <laughs> I hate inflation. I hate Penn Station. And I'm waiting, so I get on the train. No, and and the, the, thank goodness, the lucky thing was, the train right before me, you just had this mass of people who had gone to the Nick game, right? And Nick's won. So but this is this mass of folks. I'm like, oh, my God, not only didn't I want to, you know, now I'm going to be on. But really, they went to the previous train uh, that would have gone to a, a, another local-ish station. I'm like, oh, oh, I dodged that bullet. I'm not going to be standing there listening to a bunch of yahoos talking about the Nick game, playing their fucking radios and, and whatever else, and watching their, their YouTubes without earpieces, because people do that now. They mean, everybody wants to hear what I'm listening to. Um, I'm in New York. That's what happened. I'm in New You haven't been to New York in a long time. It's, um, it's not what they say, where it's like everybody's shooting each other every second. But it's, well, yeah. I was just busy. The noise level. I'm deaf in this ear. And the noise level was still like, oh, Jesus, fuck. New York, man. But, um, so I get on this train, and then I get off at these, this other local station, and I realize I have a wait again. I can, I can take an Uber to the car, or I can just, you know, as it was beautiful weather, I just sit out on a bench, um, I, I, and it was chilly. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll go into the waiting um, they're on the platform. They have a waiting room thing, all built with chairs, and it's nice and lit. But they, you know, because New York is New York, they fucking lock it at nightfall. <laughs> I can't imagine when it's forty degrees out and you have to wait a half hour at the station for a train. I said, "Oh, a nice little play, the heated night. You can't get in." <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's for morning commuters, and then they're like, because they don't want bums peeing in it, they don't want people fucking in it. I don't know what they want. So. Um, but I'm sitting on the bench. I've got my computer open. I'm, I'm, um, I downloaded stuff so I could grade papers. Yay. And I did. I was, and I said, oh, this is very pleasant. I get on the train. Um, and I've got only two, two stops to take, right? And it's already, now we're, we're getting on about 10 to midnight. Get on there. And I wait once, you know, I go one stop. I go to the next stop. I get off the train. And then it occurs to old Dave, who's a little bit underslept and a little bit overworked, it occurs to me that, oh, I, I do believe that I parked at the station that we just passed. And, and I missed it. And now I'm going one extra station over. So again, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure until I get off the train and then I was, no, I didn't park here. I park. So now I'm thinking, do I take an Uber to the car again, right? Or do I just kind of walk in? It was like just about a mile away. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm in for a penny. I'm in for a pound. I'm, you know, could use the exercise and the weather's still gorgeous. Let me just go for a nice long hike. You know, I, I make sure I'm so tired. I, you know, I, I get the GPS going. I've done this walk a few times in my life, but you know, I, I get the GPS. I'm like, okay, walk, I walk, I walk, I walk. Pleasant walk takes me about 15, 20 minutes. I call an old friend to talk to, and then I get to the other <laughs> station where my car is parked and it's there. And I'm getting in the car, and like out of nowhere, 
materializes the Spanish kid. Uh, not a boy, but but had to be in like his early 20s. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, you know, literally, I didn't see him and suddenly he's there. This is, I'm, I'm sure, how women are raped in parking lots. Oh, God. And I'm like, yes, uh, what? You know, I'm looking at him and I'm trying to see if he's carrying any kind of weapon or anything that could hurt me. Oh, God. <laughs> what, who approached it? We're talking about it's like a quarter after but 12. He said he was drunk, right? Yeah, I well, once I caught his breath. Oh. Um, and, and it's like, Sesenta cinco. I'm like, what? Sesenta y cinco. I'm like, and I, you know, I have high school Spanish. So I'm telling, I'm asking him, no, no, donde quieres ir? Where do you want to go? Because, you know, the, the station, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know if he, he's trying to ask which direction is New York, oh, which direction is, yeah, you know, which direction is far east on Long Island, but, you know, and I'm, I want to help you him. you say far east? Far, well, you know, I want to say what state, you know, oh, yeah. going towards yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. that way as opposed to going to Queens and Manhattan. But but all I can get out of this guy is like, uh, no, I'm and, and now I'm thinking, okay, does, does he want me to give him 65 cents? Yeah. And we're standing in front of my car. I just want to go the fuck home. And then this guy, like, and he's, he's like up next to me. I'm like backing away. But the, the good part was he was like literally two inches shorter than I am and like a rail. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of this guy. Um, but at the same time, if this guy has a knife or something, I'm afraid of him. Uh, so I'm like, what can this is? I'm telling you. El tren está aquí, Nueva York, eh? And, and I think what he wanted me to do, I'm not sure. I think he thinks, thought you were his Uber driver. Or an Uber driver. He thought that I would somehow take him to Cor <laughs> He showed me on his phone uh, an address in Corona, Queens. Aww. I'm like, and he thought, he said, and I'm, why is that? Oh, 65, 65 something on Corona Avenue. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going out on my casa. I'm, you know, I, I, it didn't even occur to me that he thought I was an actual Uber driver. I thought he just saw me go to my car, uh, you know, walk over to my car. He, he must have, because, you know, my mom's car is black and SUV-ish. That's and I, Uber, Uber 101, yeah. Yeah, could, could be certainly mistaken for an Uber or a Lyft maybe, car. Well, maybe Lyft, yeah, Lyft too. So, but I'm, I'm telling you, and, and he would have understood he could have he could have put in bro in good Spanish, slowly that I would have understood. Necesito voy a Corona Queens manejado usted maneja or or something like that. But he just kept repeating the number, and I was like, "Donde quieras." Maybe there are some like bars and stuff that when people are drunk they give them a ride. You know, great. Like, so maybe he thought you were that ride. I was not that ride. You know, and I tried to, to tell him, no, no, and he was fine. I was like, okay. And he gives me a fist bump. I'm like, okay. Oh, fuck. Go away from me. You know? You know, I'm not driving you back to Mexico. Go away. No, and, and so then, if I figure he's waiting for some kind of ride, he goes up on the, the platform and sits on the bench on the platform. So I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't, you know, just go to Jamaica, right? I wonder if he's still there today. Hmm. Then I would feel bad for the guy. I mean, what would they do on the train? Would they boot him off? I mean, have a ticket. But he would have money. Maybe they could get. Yeah, money. He, he, maybe he had sixty-five dollars to pay anyone to take him to Corona Queens. Well, all he had to do was go to Jamaica, and they could. I don't know. There's no Corona stop, which is weird. Subway. He'd go like to Astoria. I yeah. don't know where. Exactly. I don't. Yeah. Go up to Jamaica and then get a much cheaper Uber. 
to some address in Corona. But I, I couldn't help the guy. I'm like, I, if he just told me what he wanted. You should have said. I could, I could take your phone. Let me call an Uber. You should have said policia. You need the police. They would have helped him. I guess. Yeah. It wasn't that kind of situation. I, I wasn't worried. I, happily, I was on the phone with my friend. <laughs> so he was on. He was holding the whole time. And he was like, Dave, you're all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. But he was, he was on there. and was really nice. I understand women who make phone calls while they're walking at night. Because, you know, there's someone there who's listening to what's going on, you know? Well, yeah. come. And then about 1230 at night, I finally, I fi you know, I'm at 1220, I get in the car, drive home, go up the drive, walk in, and I'm like, oh, you know, an hour and a half late <laughs> on, on a weekend when I just wanted to rest, <clears throat> on a weekend when I just wanted to, to plan everything so that I would have some downtime and be able to get up this morning Rested and refreshed. Oh, yes. And then after this show, go into New York and see a show. The only quote-unquote good thing, and I apologize for saying this, the only good thing is I was supposed to see two... I don't, I'm not going to get into the whole logistics of this, but it turned out, and I didn't even want to do this, to see two shows today instead of one. Um, and then my night show got canceled, assumedly because someone in the cast of my night show has COVID. And the, the press agent literally texted me at... 11 o'clock at night wow. to say, no, nah, we're canceling um, any kind of press or whatever performances because this actor is going to be out. What happens if you would have shown up? If I would have shown up. Like if you didn't, let's say for some reason you lost your phone or whatever. Mm. If I did not get the message, I think they would not have let me in. Wow. Or I would have had to contact the agent and had them said, look, I'm here. Mm. You know. But maybe you wouldn't review it, then you wouldn't review it. Right, but then why would they, they won't let me back? I, you know, well, it becomes logistically around. a thing for the producers. So, because a lot of people are not responsible, you know, they might miss the text or they might not, you know. And that has happened to me. I, you know, I've gone into the city. Um, it was only a couple of years ago. I was supposed to see a show, and Barbara Cook was. Well, I guess it is a few years ago. Barbara Cook's not in anything now except some sort of cloud, but she was in some shows, the, the Sondheim Review thing, and get there, and the show's canceled. This is pre-COVID. This is like, you know, she was not feeling well or something was going on. And now it's like five to two. And I'm in the city. I've slept in. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go home. We're going to do this. So I run to the, the tickets booth and I ended up buying a cheap, cheap-ish ticket to see uh, the revival of the Heidi Chronicles, which was all right. You know. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just you do what you got to do. But I'm, I'm very happy. Um, I shouldn't be happy. I should be. I mean, I. You know, I'm in the most important city in the world, and I'm seeing a matinee. And if I just stick around a couple of hours and go to the library with my computer, uh, and then I can see another Broadway show, three shows in like 30 hours. But I'm like, you know what? No, no. I'm seeing a musical in the afternoon, and then I'm going to get on a train home. And if I have a little extra time, if I have just a little, little bit of extra time, I'll do my usual. I'll go back from the show. Not down 8th Avenue, but over to 9th. I'll stop at the Hole in the Wall Indian Restaurant Buffet. And I'll grab a, a beautiful naan bread. Were you able? Oh, no, I mean today. today. Is that your goal, huh? It is my, it is my goal that if the, the show runs just enough that I've got like half an hour between getting from 47th Street yeah. back to Penn Station. And you're sure that that show's running? That show should be. I mean, I, I guess I'll check. Maybe park at another the big station today. I can't. I, I don't think I can park, you know, um, what do you call it? They, On they, the weekend? 
you have to pay. Yeah, 24-7. No. So that one and the one I probably have the same difference. It's the same line. It's no extra trains there. But it's bigger. Oh, no, I don't care about that. Okay. It, it's, it's about doing the other station that has more trains per hour oh, coming to it. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And that station is anal. You can't even park. You know, if they think you're a commuter, they, they will ticket you. Oh, my you God. can't park on the street. If you're a commuter in this, wow. yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. They have like parking. Um... And they're very, very diligent well, about that. What do you think that. about it? Because if you live there, you don't want like everyone parking, you know, in your, in your neighborhood block, in your driveway and such. Right. So yeah. that's why they do it. You know, that's why it's a village. Yeah. And they're very careful about, well, you know, if you can buy a non-resident pass, which would be worth it for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we lived here, uh, if we lived in that particular town. You can't buy town, a pass? Well, you, you can go park at a, at a meter. You can, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, good, okay. But yeah. to, to park for free, you know, I'm Jewish, I want to park for free. Yeah, but you could park in the meter until the meter expires, and then you, you know, until time expires at night. I, I think it's 24-7. Oh, my and, God. And, you know, God forbid I get stuck in, in Manhattan, yeah. 3.30 to 5.30, oh, everything's yeah, yeah, illegal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. AM, 3.30 to 5.30, no overnights. So I don't want to, I don't want to deal. I shouldn't have to deal. I'm too cheap, I'm too Jewish, I'm too old. You know, I don't live here. So just if you ever need, just go to somebody in a parking lot and go, Sesenta Cinco? Sesenta <laughs> Cinco. Sesenta Cinco. Por favor, Sesenta Cinco. Yeah, and then, and then once, if they drive me and I'm in their car, I mean, so, you know, I'm teaching Chaucer's uh, The Partner's Tale. <laughs> and then it's like, I don't even speak any English. No, I never said that. Oh, oh no. that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> just completely freak them out and then have them stab me. <laughs> no, but that you gotta, yeah, you, we, you'll figure something out. What time is your show? Uh, right now. Oh, uh, my, my matinee is 2 o'clock. Thank you, David. And we already have, oh my God, we have three people in the waiting You're room kidding. getting ready to play the Today Yesterday trivia quiz on this, the 868th episode of Dave's Gone Live. You cannot run to Loon because you have to be on the train. Well, I'm going to take the one o'clock train. Fuck oh, it. Okay. I'm going to take a one o'clock train. I'm going to brave. I tell, and of course, this. I men, I just mentioned I'm Jewish. I talk to my mother, my mother, and I tell her, "Hey, yes, I'm going to the city again today." She said, "You're not taking the subway, are you?" <laughs> Why? Why? I'm, no, I'm not taking. She's like four people this week have been shot on the subways. I'm Don't like, take that train. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her, well, where, where was the last one? And she said somewhere like Mott Avenue. I'm like, I'm not going to Mott Avenue. Yeah. It could happen anywhere, of course. Tell them about your friend in the, with the parents' weekend. Well, this is it. Is that was, oh, man. That, that's not oh, New York. Oh, well, no, wait, where is, um, I can mention this. No, no, so no, I go back. To college, yeah. tell, tell it. Yes. Okay, I'm going to look. I go back to see, the one thing I really want to do is see the old gang that I was working it's with. It's in New York. For, it is in New York, but where? Is it upstate or is it Westchester? It's in uh, Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. There's a college in Poughkeepsie. Oh, remember, so, I looked at, um, yeah. it's not St. Joe's, but I interviewed at St. Joe's or another one out there, didn't I? Feels, I don't know if it was yeah. Poughkeepsie. A long time ago, yeah. Went to Hartsdale for some reason. I don't remember what that was for. I think it was just for fun. Because everybody goes to Hartsdale, New York, for fun. <clears throat> um, but we, we go. I'm reading about it in the post. I go see my old... Um, I, I will call them friends now. These people well, that I used to. Old potatoes. Let's be yeah. real. Uh, that's, I wanted to make sure. You know, I left some old, some of my potato friends at my old place of work. Uh, in in. It was a courtyard by Marriott. 
And that's where I have. So, so I go see my friend, these people I worked with, and they're great, and they're doing fine. And, and two of them were absent yesterday, just my luck. But I talk to my old boss. I talk to my, my old coworker. I see that they're taking beautiful care of the potatoes that I left there. I was very happy. Uh, and I, I say, well, how are you guys doing? And she, the woman that I work with, uh, she said, well, you know, my kids are in college now. One's in this college, one's in that one. And we were up there on parents' weekend just like two weeks ago. And we were staying at one of these hotels along a hotel strip of like a Marriott, a courtyard, uh, a Hilton, and this and that. And the hotel just next to us, where we could have been staying, uh, there were two homeless guys who were booked into a room there somehow. Two homeless men somehow in a room on parents' weekend. When parents were, were, you know, if you didn't call in and book the reservation weeks before, you couldn't get in. And yet two homeless men had a room in this Marriott Hotel, and they got into some kind of drunken or drug-oriented altercation and started shooting up the place. And some parent of a kid at this college in, P in Poughkeepsie uh, got shot in the head and died. Just just go out for coffee. Go, that's America. <laughs> that's, I mean, it, it's literally, it's almost what I'm teaching in my course about uh, journey and quest through the plague pandemic. One of the things is the inevitability and the unknowability of death. But, you know, it was, it was like you know, talking to her and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we were there. And that weekend they locked the other hotel down. Uh, this guy, this parent just died randomly because these two homeless crazies were, were shooting each other up. It's life, it's death. And it's Dave's Gone By, which airs every Saturday from nine until noon or thereabouts here on the Dave's Gone By Facebook page. And of course, we post all our archives at davesgoneby.com, archive.org, castbox.fm, just for the audio downloads. And, 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 and yeah, obviously, people are finding us on archive.org because they found our, uh, our Peter Torque interview from a few years back. So yay. Wherever you find Dave's Gone By, we also have a YouTube channel and um, yeah, lots of places to find our content Please do, and please tell folks that we're here. And also joining us here in the neighborhood live on this Friday, on, on, excuse me, on this Saturday, I don't mind a Friday, I'm like, Saturday, October 15th, 2022, are some great old and newish friends, old and newish and partly Jewish occasionally. Won't you welcome, oh boy, and we're all joining us just in time to play the Today Yesterday Trivia Quiz in, I don't know if, it, if it looks the same to you, but in my upper left-hand corner, amongst the pumpkins, we have the lovely and delightful Vicky Quaddy. Hello, Vicky. Hello, hello. How are you? Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. And I oh my, the gang's all here. And then below her, another theater maker and, and theater writer. His name is Ronald Rand. Ronald is the creator of a one-man show about Harold Clorman. He's also working on an opera about... Is also an opera about Clerman, or is it? A, what I is think it? It's about two hours. Oh, is, is it about two hours? You got to unmute, uh, Ron. You got to. You're, you're still. Mute. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Let's yeah. No. I, I, can you hear me now? I, yes. 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 Okay. Welcome, it, welcome. It's the first opera ever written about Henrik Ibsen. Oh, Ibsen. I'm sorry. Of course, yes. the Ibsen opera, and it's a yeah. slamming farce. If you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, you could say that. Yes. <laughs> and we also have with us, ladies and gentlemen. Also, uh, but someone who has to unmute her mic. There we go. Leslie Hoban Blake on time and looking beautiful. How are you, Leslie? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am. I'm exhausted. Hello, everyone. Guess where I am, Les? 
Uh, I don't know. In your mother's house? Yep. Back in, we, we, we went in for a whirlwind trip oh. to New York. And here I am for, for like a day. I recognize the fact that it's different from where you were the last time. Yeah. And then the way I was for the past three years. So, yeah, we're here. I'm seeing some theater and and just you know grading a bunch of papers and doing what did you what did you see i'm going to review it later but i guess i guess i can even talk about it with you since you're here if you saw it it's martina mayock's play cost of living being done yeah. at the theater club at, is that uh, all you saw while you were in town i've been in town since thursday night critical you could have seen friday night as well yeah and five yesterday was friday night. yeah <laughs> No, I think when you die. We you came in came too in late on Thursday to see anything. And so what are you um, seeing tonight? I'm I'm seeing only one show. I'm seeing 1776 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Okay. I saw that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, 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 no. I haven't made up my mind yet. I have to be honest with you. I love the show so much. And I don't want to say anything because you haven't seen it. Right. I mean, I love 1776 so much. I even saw it in London, which was really funny because you sit in a room full of Brits watching, you know, yeah. And it was oh. and it's it was a tragedy like, from their perspective. Seventies, <laughs> sometimes. Oh no, the audience loved it, but really? it was a traditional seventeen seventy-six. I know this one was all done with women and, and transgender and binary and people with no testicles and what have you. And, you know, yeah, like that. Right. For John Adams, I think he has a third, uh, or she does something like that. The I don't thing, know. the thing that bothered me more than even that, I think, was the change in the orchestration. Oh. oh. Did they cut it down? Did they? Uh, well, you'll have to watch it for yourself. But what did you think? And and you guys were nodding when I mentioned Martina Mayox, because uh, I don't have to go inside Broadway, so I can just yak about it with you did guys. Did you not see it years ago off Broadway at Manhattan Theater Club? No, no, I didn't see it. I did not get to see it. I was probably in Colorado. So that scene of the woman in in the bathtub stayed with me all these years. So when she did it again. I still went oh, like that. You know, it was still an, a gasping moment. That was a gasping moment. Um, Ron, you're dying. Did you see the show either off Broadway? No, I've read about it and heard about it. I mean, I've been so busy going to lots of other things. I went to the Idea Awards down at the Players Club, and oh. uh, it was great because um, they. Oh, uh, that was know, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, they give out the. <laughs> it's a good idea. They give out these awards to people like Deb Margolin and uh, um, also Daniel Alexander Jones and and John Lyles and. Uh, Deb Margolin. So I, I had a, I'm going to be you interviewing. Know, I'm really upset. I'm going to miss the split britches thing at La Mama because I can't do all the stairs and the weirdness to get around in La Mama. Mm. But I loved it. Am I right? Deb Margolin is part of split britches. Is she not? Yeah, she is. Yes, well, she is. No, that's Lois Weaver and Peggy Shaw. Is she, you're right. Is you're right. It's Peggy Shaw I'm thinking of. Where did I get? Did, was Deb yeah, Margolin but she writes for once them. upon a time? Yeah, she does. She, she's part of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. I thought she was part of them originally. Oh, she is. Hmm. Yeah. When I had my theater on Sixth on on East Fourth Street, we were right up the street from Obama, and right. they were playing. I I just I I'm I'm mad about the way their minds work and the kind of work that they do. And mm -hmm. I think it was I don't remember if it was Weaver or Shaw, but one of them did a show several years ago where she dressed up as a man, and mm -hmm. nothing nothing spectacular about that these days. But she said. She made a better looking man than she did a woman. And I thought, what an interesting idea. Because as one gets older, as a female, that's probably true. You know? the, the, and she also looked yeah. much younger as a man than she did as a woman. And I thought, come, pulling her hair back, she said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Didn't they do some kind of deconstruction of Streetcar Named Desire also, where they were one was possible? I haven't yeah. seen them since that show, but I really wanted to see this one, and yeah. um, I just won't be able to. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you yeah. know what I say, the son of a bridge. Anywho, uh, <laughs> oh. that's bridge's joke right there, ladies something and gentlemen. Something like that. Something like so, that. That's Vicky, but not to leave you out of the convo, but how have you been oh, doing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been all right. I did a little segment um, yesterday on NBC5 uh, local. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link. Does it yes, please. It's really cute. And, what was uh, it about what? About how Holy Ghost uh, Bingo? I was dressed in Abbott. Oh, yeah. And I uh, talked about Holy Ghost Bingo and uh, late night catechism and mm. the donations that we've made to the nuns and all. And I did some quiz, some questions to the oh, two yay. hosts. It was mm. cute. Oh, yeah, oh, that's, that's great. That that's is, wonderful. That's... I want to see it. Yeah. Well, what I'm going to get to seeing your show, so, you know. Well, at some point, you think you'll, actually, there's a legit question. You think you'll travel again, if not by playing, maybe, no. I mean, me? Oh, I've no, got to. Leslie, because Leslie has. No, no I will never. No, I, I travel by train. I'll go anywhere by train. Oh. I, I will not, tra and I'll travel by car a, a certain distance, but I will never get on another plane as long as I live. Really? No, wow. it's just too much hassle. If you're not <laughs> able-bodied, you can, getting through a, a, a concourse, much less getting mm -hmm. on and off a plane. Oh, it's it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, well, I've, been, I've I've done it in a wheelchair. Uh, you know. Well, yeah. When, when if they take you and they no, 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 it's no. just it's too damn much trouble. I get the, it. The time it takes to get from the front door to the plane. I could be in New Jersey, you know. I mean, I don't. Oh well, who would? You know, fuck Italy. I want to go to New Jersey. I could be in New right. Jersey now. But then exactly. once I got somewhere, I couldn't. I couldn't get around. I, you know, I got, I got. Unless I went to a place that was absolutely flat and didn't have cobblestones, you know, it's Kansas. I want to go to Taormina. I want to go to to uh, um, the, the 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 Italian coast. I want to go to. to I love and you. those are places I could never go. So that's that. But I traveled a lot when I was younger, so well, I, I'm not unhappy about it. And you wouldn't step on, like, a blimp or something? You wouldn't take a blimp somewhere if, if they were available? When we have our own private little planes that you put on, like, a like a piece of clothing and zip up the front and you're in it, I'll go then, okay? Well, you have to live yeah. long enough to do that. I hope I hope we all do Yeah, that. and the next thing is, of course, is you can go all these places in that metaverse thing, putting those goggles on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, see, that's the thing. That's if why you want to do that. Right. Well, why not? Well, you know what? We we roll our eyes and like, oh, you've got to be kidding. The oh, generation no. of kids that I have to teach right now, they'd be like, sure. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, but it's not reality. <laughs> does it matter it's, anymore? Well, it does. Yes. That's why I do my show live. It matters to me and it, and it matters to the audience who come to see the show. I mean, where would we be without live theater? I mean, it would be ridiculous. So, yes, it does matter, at least in my opinion. And yet, life, if it so. weren't more televised and filmed, Things I, I don't think I would have made it through the pandemic because there yeah. was no live. So, I mean, mm -hmm. yes, I'm grateful that live is back, but I'm mm -hmm. so grateful that, that we had televised and, and filmed oh, yeah. during the pandemic. You have no yeah. idea. Not to mention this show, Dave's Gone By, where we are about to embark on our weekly Today, Yesterday trivia quiz. It's a pretty simple yeah. quiz. Well, no, the, the rules are simple, the, the questions are stupid. How you created the quiz. How did I Good morning, Joyce. Hello. Hey, Leslie and Vicky. Hey. Hi, Joyce. Good morning. 
Weren't you instrumental in that? Because it was no, when I mean, we were doing trivia with Leslie. Quiz, how yeah. you wrote the quiz. So if any questions are, are odd, you can. Well, the thing them. was, I wasn't planning even to do a show today, but Joyce convinced me. She's like, you know what? You got to do it, Dave. This is this is what you live for in life. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm teaching six classes. I'm just all over the. I'm, I literally yeah. have to concentrate minute to minute. But she's like, oh, you have to. And we're in the car going from Maryland to New York. And say you're not driving. So I'm not driving, driving. yeah. <laughs> Somebody's driving us. And she's like, here, here's a hot spot on your phone. You can get the internet. <laughs> Go. And, and I wrote seven questions in the car on the way from Maryland to New York. What a, what a couple. What a, what a magnificent Amazing. couple. Delaware Beautiful. Really good, but I think the ones yeah. when we get to Jersey, you kind of made on half. Yeah, the, the Delaware questions are really good, you know, because I was still fresh. By the time I get you to... You don't know which Jersey. questions are which. Do we get points if we can guess where you wrote it? <laughs> well, I think the Delaware questions are the early ones. Because I'm going this way, right? Yeah. I see. Uh, yeah, and they are short. They are shorter than usual. So we may get this done in like 10 minutes. We'll see. I doubt it. Uh, so what I do need to do, as usual, is ask. And I will ask, Ronald, since you're, you're kind of the, the least known person on here. If the newbiest of our newbies. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the newbie. Would you roll? Uh, no, no, could you? Yeah. I can roll, yes. Yes, and you gave me the, the rock present, which I love, which I'm wearing. Thank you. Yes. And, and Leslie actually gave me a mezuzah. So thank oh, you. Yes. Thank you. you really are all over the place. You, you, we've done all this. You thank us for the rock. You thank okay, us yeah, for yeah. the mezuzah. It's okay. And Mickey, you still haven't sent me a damn thing. So <laughs> you automatically. Her good wishes. Her oh, good wishes. Good wishes. I'll send her my bed. But Ronald, Ronald, yes. Ronald, I need yes. a number between one and six. All right. How about uh, three? three? Ronald with a three. Okay. And. Um, Vicky, please. What number? Hmm? One. Oh, oh here. one. One. Oh, oh wow. One. I know a lot of people don't, the whole thing. We haven't wow. done one for a while, so you yeah. know. Now, Leslie, I why would I change? I, I love that number. I really do love that number. It looms right. large in my life. I don't know. It started when I was a kid. I have no idea. Okay. Oh. I guess you're kind of a six addict. <laughs> All right. We're going to roll the die here. Um, okay. It's, it's about time I did. And it comes up with a number four. Of course it does. Um, <laughs> and it comes up with a four again. Let's roll that. Down. Ooh, Leslie <clears throat> Hoban Blake. Would you like to go first, second or third? No, I want to go second, please. Thank you. Oh, strategy. I, oh, I, know, I don't like going first. I, it's... Uh, Makes more sense to me to have to listen to what other people think and say, and then mm. have a better idea. Mm. True. All right. I'm, I'm, by the way, we're having silence here while I roll this stupid die. Um, I just want to know: Did you bring potato with you or not? Winning, bring potato with me. Well, I have a lot he's of. He's got a bot. He's got forty-six thousand potatoes in his mother's garage. He said. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the basement, actually, and in yes, the they are here. I, I'm, I'm literally rolling this die um, I, for... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate this thing. What is wrong with this? Oh, my gosh. One. All right. One. Vicky, oh. one. Would you like there to go. first or third? I'll go first. No, Vicky. Oh, good. Wow. First and, and number one. Wow. Ronald bringing up the rear. Here we go. Okay. So, are you there guys ready to play the game? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So Vicky Cloggy, this first question is for you. Okay. Well, remember, it's called the Today Yesterday Quiz. Every question is worth two points. If you get it right, if you don't get it right, somebody gets to steal for two points. And um, really, almost none of these questions is actually based on history on what happened on October 15th, although they are October 15th related. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Vicky, did you know, did you know oh, God. that October 15th is International Penguin Awareness Day? I did not. Yeah. Well, in fact, I guess it's International African Penguin Awareness Day. Yeah, that I, I got that one wrong. Okay. Well, you do now. Which of these is false about African penguins? A, a group of baby penguins is called a bevy. B, African penguins are the only penguins in Africa. C, their relationships are monogamous. Or D, they don't fart. <laughs> Only I've one of these is been fart. around penguins. I've been around penguins in Chicago and penguins visiting, visiting the hockey team. Why are we around penguins in Chicago? At the zoo. So she wears she because she wears a habit as a nun. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Leslie. Don't do that when I'm drinking, Leslie. That's, yeah, that'll work. Uh, <laughs> brava, brava. I've seen penguins in um, Australia uh, oh. several times. I've been mm -hmm. to Australia. Um, oh. And I've seen penguins somewhere else. I can't remember where. Uh, maybe in South America. Um, but okay. not in Africa. So I have to figure out. Do they <laughs> fart? Probably do. They, they make a poop a lot. I know that. Um, are they monogamous? Possibly. Is it called a bevy? Maybe. Are they the only ones in Africa? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. So I'm going to guess that not the only ones in Africa. I'm just going to say that. So your final answer is is not true. Like African penguins are the only penguins in Africa. Final answer. I'm gonna say that, sure. We found this again. Yay, it's oh. back. <laughs> ah. Uh, okay, almost. Doing that thing. Oh my god. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm, it's, it's been two months I could practice on it. Yeah, you've been away too long, yeah. Um I'm I'm certainly uh, not well no, had a joke. Clearly I got this wrong. I am going to say you got this wrong. You got this wrong. <laughs> African penguins are truly the only penguins in Africa, the only kind of penguins there. So I'm going to roll the die again. This is going to take some fun time. Um, number number two. Um, number five. Oh, geez. No, I'm number four again. Yeah, five used to be Leslie or David. Yep. It was David. Not, it was never me. Oh, oh, oh uh, no, Vicky. Vicky, you, you just answered that. They just answer number more. Incorrectly. Oh, I get another chance? Wait. <laughs> no. But you know who does? Ronald. Ronald. Oh, just roll the three. Come on, Ryan. Okay. Come on. Wow. Can you, can you say the, those the again? The choices again. So here's yes. the deal. Today is International African Penguin Awareness Day. <laughs> you knew that. You knew that. Um, which of these is false about African penguins? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. A group of baby penguins is called a bevy. C, the relationships are monogamous, or D, they don't fart. <clears throat> I think it's the, I'm, I'm going to go with the bevy question, answer. Bevy. You think of the reason you are or not? Uh, it just sounds uh, like it might not be a bevy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, let me say. Let's see what it is. Miss America. I spent so much time around penguins. Drove my Chevy to the bevy, and you get two points because you're right, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ronald Rand. Um, here's the deal. There are not. Um, it is. You can have a bevy of otters, Aww. but it is a crush of penguins. Oh, you have a, a crush. Oh. Isn't that lovely. Oh. And no pen penguins apparently don't fart. There's something about their their systems that do poop. But they I wouldn't have gotten it right, I don't think. I think I would have gone for the part thing. So we all go for the part thing. <laughs> and not every penguin is monogamous, but they tend to be. They tend to be, yeah. Oh, so I didn't know there were any penguins in Africa. <laughs> yeah, who knew? You figure they'd be in cold climates and right, the right. ice. Uh, but well, March of the Penguins is a movie I've seen two or three times. It's just remarkable. Oh. Yeah, right. yeah, extraordinary. Well, David, what's... did you get the link I sent you to Potato Comes to America? <laughs> Wait, Potato Comes to America? That was a movie that was, I think we saw it on Netflix, or we, we didn't watch it, but we haven't had a chance to yes, watch it. Yes, I sent you, I sent you a, a link to it. I thought it was a wonderful yeah. thing for you, you know. Well, well did you guys collection. see the story that was, I think, in the New York Post? It was oh. not the front page, but it was a major story in the New York Post that the guy driving the enormous Idaho potato truck Cross mm -hmm. you see this thing? It's it's like a, a flatbed truck with like a five thousand ton potato, you know, fake, you know, a, a constructed potato on it to advertise Idaho potatoes. It's the Idaho over, Spuds truck. It's the like, Idaho Spuds it's truck. It's like a gigantic oh. potato, like in, a, in an eighteen wheeler. It's, it's tethered by chains to the back of a truck. Yeah, and it's to, to bring yeah. awareness to. Oh, I thought you were going to say something happened to it. Yeah, right. Well, the guy was speeding. He was going 63 in a 54, and the cop pulled him over and wrote like a ticket out, like Mr. Spud, going 63. And, and uh, uh, the only dangerous part is I don't think that potato was tethered tightly enough. So can you imagine if you were going up a, like a, a mountain in Colorado, up the side, and it kind of tips a little bit? <laughs> yeah. No. Hundreds of people are killed, and it's like, how are they die? You know, you won't Crushed think. Well, they die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a way to go. You're Nashed. Nashed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. You're driving along the highway, and you're like, la, 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 and you see, like, a two-ton potato <laughs> flying at you. <laughs> a flying giant potato. That's surreal. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> of course, I, it was only because the driver was peeling around corners. But oh. you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. Leslie Hoban Blake, you have chosen to go second. I have. And therefore, you get the second question. Well, you know, the way that works out is really interesting. I mean, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is it three, news, is three clues in the news? Is it? No, oh, it's no, not. no, 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 that's not. not. Those are coming. Um, Unless you get a regular, ridiculous, multiple choice question. Regular, oh, ridiculous. No. Okay. Now you will not forget. That October, October 15th is International Penguin Awareness Day. You know this. But did you know that October 15th is also National Cheese Curd Day? Uh -huh. It is. Oh, wow. Apparently it is. Okay. So Have you ever eaten cheese curds? Yes, sir. Oh. If they're fresh, they're incredibly fun. And they squeak. If they're they fresh. Squeak, but only if they're yeah. fresh. If they're not That's fresh, right. they don't right. yeah. Just eat the eraser on your pencil. This might be knowledgeable. <laughs> yeah. this you might get this one, Leslie. You might not. So which of these is false, Leslie, about mm -hmm. cheese curds? Wow. A, Breakstone's Cottage Cheese is owned 
by a company called Lactalis Heritage Dairy. B, when you chew cheese curds, it makes a squeaking noise. Oh, well, we just gave that away. Yeah. <laughs> you can make curd from any cheese, not just cheddar. Or D, Kurdistan doesn't have cheese curd because they use goat's milk. Which of these is false? Hmm. Do you um, make cheese curds? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about um, hum, 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 hum. I think you can make it from any cheese. I, I actually said to a company in Milwaukee, Milwaukee with cheese, right? Mm -hmm. Milwaukee with cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually sent there to get, because I wanted to try them and I wanted something. And they send them to you like, you know, in, in dry ice and all of that. But I don't know if they were different flavors. That's the thing I don't remember. Lactalis. It... Breakstone. Goat's milk. I'll go with number one, A. With, with a. So you're saying it is not true that Breakstone's cottage cheese is owned by a company called Lactalis Heritage Dairy. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just a guess. Well, I'm afraid your answer lacks something, Leslie Alvin. Like it was, it was owned for a while by Kraft Heinz, and then a group of Kraft Heinz people formed uh, Lactalis Heritage Dairy, which now owns Breakstone's Cottage Cheese and some other concerns as well. And I'm concerned because it's going to take me 10 million years to roll a die here. Let's do it. Let's see who comes up. Uh, two, uh, one. Vicky. Me. Oh, wow. Okay, so the squeak, which I think we know they do, um, at uh, Kurdistan doesn't have it because of the goat milk. And what's the third one? Uh, you can make curd. Is it true or false? You can make curd from any cheese, not just cheese. Oh, from any cheese. Oh, I'm going to say it's Kurdistan. Is that your final answer? Sure, why not? Well, I'm glad that occurred to you because that is the correct answer. Oh, excellent. I thought I was setting Ron up for two more points. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, curds, they don't use goat. They use sheep's milk, just FYI. And they can have curd. Uh, no, no problem at all. They, they, that says for sure. Um, and the reason that the cheese squeaks is it rubs against your tooth enamel. And some kind of thing happens when it does that, and it makes a squeak. Because the curd has a slight skin on it. It, 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 when it yeah. well, it yeah. looks like a, it literally looks like a Cheeto. Right shaped here. like a, oh. shaped like a Cheeto, and the way it holds its shape is that whatever that way that skin is formed. Huh. It, it's not a skin like on a frankfurter or something. It's it's a natural part of the cheese. <clears> that, <throat> that's what makes the squeak is when that hits, and so when it's not fresh, it doesn't do that. I it sounds like I know a lot about this. I just. I'm a cheese lover who winds up having to use lactate. I suddenly become lactose intolerant in my old age. Oh, you know, yeah. You a Wisconsin yeah, girl and you're not admitting that? What's the deal here? Say that again. Are you a Wisconsin girl, but you're not admitting it? No, I'm not a Wisconsin girl. I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> I raised in Manhattan. What, 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 you say that. You say that. <laughs> so, Liz, you can't have ice cream or anything like that, or you can't. Not unless I take a lactate uh, pill, you know the. the... Yeah. Oh, I'm so or sorry. So she can have soy or almond milk ice cream. Yes, that's what, what I do. I immediately switched over to that, and I've I've discovered some incredible lac uh, um lac dairy free cheeses. They're amazing. Ooh. 
They're really, really good. We get, we, Initially, they were like like erasers, but yes, yes. they have developed a method. Certain certain mm -hmm. brands have developed wonderful methods of making. I, I, I'm going to refer to that because we go, one of the restaurants we go to all the time in Maryland makes vegetarian sandwiches. And I'm no, God knows I'm not a vegan or vegetarian, but Joyce is a vegetarian. And, you know, some of them use lettuce and they'll do mushrooms in a way that they taste like bacon. And, like, and it's yes, really exactly. good. That's right. And they have yes. cashew or whatever, whatever like they make vegan the cheese at. Yeah, vegan it. And it melts. And it's good. I'm not making allowances. For, well, for vegetarian food, it's okay. It's really good. No, so. well, the thing is, I mean, if if I'm home, I I, I prefer the the vegan and the vegetarian now to the regular stuff. But if I'm out, I don't have those options, you know, unless I go somewhere mm -hmm. that has those those. Or options. or you carry uh, a bag for your poop, which <laughs> my kids are vegetarian. <laughs> my kids are vegetarian, bordering on vegan. In fact, our Thanksgiving several times have been made out of nothing but beans, you know. But um, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. you know various various lentils and 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 and. and Do they go and, home immediately after that? Do no, they, it's their house. The I'm at their house. I go to their house. <laughs> so it's it's great to go to Wisconsin because when you arrive at the state line, you see this huge statue of a cheese, and then <laughs> you can go a lot of places and find uh, the squeaky cheese. And it's so delicious. Oh, is, it, is it a wheel of cheese? Is the statue a giant wheel of cheese? It's a giant. Yeah. It's a giant yeah. mouse. Oh, <laughs> it was a cheese. Now it, it's yeah. the Mars cheese Wait. castle. Wait, I actually have some audio of Thanksgiving at Leslie's house. Oh no! We gather together <laughs> to ask the Lord's blessings. He hastened it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at my house. It's at their house. I'm not a vegetarian. They're vegetarians. Most vegetarians and vegans, like when you eat a plant-based diet, you're used to it. It's not. I know. I, over the river and through the. <laughs> <laughs> the horse goes away to carry. <laughs> Joyce, what do you do for Thanksgiving in lieu of actual turkey? Leslie, I don't, so in my own ethical practice, I don't really celebrate holidays at all, but oh, okay. I don't, I, I think like, I don't know, I usually eat like if they have mashed potato or vegetables or I, I make a salad, but I don't, it's like you said, when you go to other people's houses, it's like catch us, catch can, right? right? But my sister is an ethical vegetarian, but she eats one of those tofurkeys. Yeah, that's right. And? Nothing, that's. What she does. Have you tried? No, she wants. Uh, she wants something that is turkey like. Right. My kids don't yeah. even go there. My kids yeah. just make other things. They don't make full turkey. They just go for all vegetarian well, food. But Leslie, I've never. I I love the name of it, of course, but I've never tried tofurkey. Have you eaten her tofurkey? It's not as good. It's not as good as some of the like impossible meats, which are wonderful oh. and taste like real meat. But um, the tofurkey is is an or unless it's unless it's been upgraded. It was an early thing that came on the market, and it tastes nasty like all that early stuff I, is. It tasted like dog food, you know. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Exactly. I didn't want to be so graphic, Vicky, but you can get on that. That's, right that's, that's a little bit between you know. There, there should be some balance between it's not as good as turkey or, or as these impossible meats. No, it tastes like dog food. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big swing. Didn't they make like soyurki or tempurki or say say tat turkey or something? Say tan turkey? No. 
No, that but you can make a BLT with mushrooms and, and grill them. And it tastes can, so you good. You can get fake bake. My daughter's a vegetarian and has been for 20 plus years. Right. She started when she was seven years old. Oh my God. I, I have cooked vegetarian for all those years. And there's lots of products now. There are. That, especially yeah. now. We did tofurkey and right. we cut a little slice and then said, hmm. But last <laughs> night I had a lamb chop for dinner and made chicken for today. So, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm very much not a vegetarian when it comes to that. But no, but it occurred to me, it's sort of the equivalent of like when I was growing up kosher with my, my family. And back in the 1960s, 1970s, early, late 60s, 70s, you know, non-dairy ice cream, if you want to have it after meat, and this, it was all right. And now, the past 25 years, it's like, you might as well. Yeah, you could go kosher the whole time. You're not missing anything. Technology changes. Yeah, technology changes. You know, food production and whatever they're doing in labs with chemicals and things. It gets rather... And I feel that's the same way now about vegetarian. They're figuring out ways. My my problem is I I also am very mindful of salt. Like seitan and all the fake meats and stuff. Right. They load it up with salt. And I don't want preservatives. So I'm like a natural eater. So it's very hard because they have to fill it with something. So like... The place that we go to, they make a um, chickpea burrito. It's really Is good, it? yeah. but they use a pickled broccoli, a p- pickled cauliflower or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't use any soy products. It's really good, but it's hard to de- deconstruct the food and figure out yeah. what. Well, it would be a lot get. easier for Joyce to be a vegetarian yeah. if yeah. they figure out a way to replace the sodium yeah. with something that isn't freaking sodium. You know that. Well, I'm not sure about Joyce, but my sister is an ethical vegetarian, which means no leather. You know, no, yeah. no, anything that would in any no, no cosmetics, nothing that would have anything to do with harming the harm of animals. In I, I prefer unethical vegetarians. You know, you know, I will not eat meat, but I will kill people. You know, like I'll strike, I'll rape, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to have a burger. So well, then there's always Soylent Green. You know. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, we're anything but Soylent on this episode. Uh, David, that was what, what, what are we on? I think we're only on the second question. I actually wrote all these questions in less time than it's taking to do the quiz here, but that's great. Um, we're here with Vicki Quaggy, Ronald Rand, and Leslie Hoban Blake playing the Today Yesterday quiz on the 868th episode of Dave's Gone By Live this October 15th, 2022. And I do believe it's Shminyat Serret, isn't it? I have no idea. Well, we're close to Synthesis Sing your song. Sing your song. Uh, Rabbi Sal's not. I don't have I don't have the voice to bring Do you have a guest uh, this morning? No, no guest. It's just you guys. So okay. Ronald, you have two points. You are tied for the lead with Vicky. Okay. Um you can get <clears throat> excuse me, two more points if you get this question correct. All right. Oh but okay. it is not a multiple choice. It is a fill-in answer kind of a thing. Okay. 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 The year was eighteen eighty-eight. Happy 44th birthday, Friedrich Nietzsche. Happy 44th birthday, Friedrich Nietzsche. The philosopher celebrates this event by publishing his autobiography. He took the title from the two-word Latin phrase allegedly uttered by Pontius Pilate when displaying a scourged Jesus Christ to an angry mob. Name that, of course, Vicky knows it, uh, name that book. Oh, boy. Wow. I know, it's a, it's a mouthful. So, obviously, he said something, and he wants to make that the title of his book. My goodness. Gosh. 
I, I honestly wasn't there, so I, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you weren't even there for Nietzsche. I don't know what you yeah, It happened so quickly, just right, right past me. Yeah. And um, my goodness. And, uh, and the mob was too loud, too. You couldn't oh, hear a thing. The microphone yeah. wasn't working. That, that's <laughs> oh, God. Um, wow. Um, what would he have said? Um, oh, God. I remember reading this because I read a lot about that, that particular thing. But, oh, my goodness. Your mind is so full of so many facts. It just goes right over your head. Um, Can you say that? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a wordy question. Yeah. So happy 44th birthday of, on, in 1888 to Friedrich Nietzsche. The philosopher celebrates this event by publishing his autobiography, October 15, 1888. He took the title from a two-word Latin phrase allegedly uttered by Pontius Pilate when displaying a scourged Jesus Christ to an angry mob. Name that book. Hmm. Wow. Gosh, I, I know that I, I read that, but it, it's not coming to me. Uh, wow, that's amazing. Um, and and um, it's two words, huh? Uh, well, I, I just go with... Um, The Christ, I mean, you know, Christus or something like that. So going with uh, Christus, here we go. Are you, did your final answer? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, that's wrong. Um, that is not the correct answer. So we're going to okay. roll it. Uh, oh, no, wrong. I'm, I'm none of my business for asking, but I'm kind of curious. Are you are you Lutzman or are you How are you raised? What's your what religion? Oh, lots of different religions. I spent a lot of time, and I I, I just wanted to. Uh, I I traveled from so many places uh, growing up that I spent time in temples and mosques and churches. So I got to know a lot of interesting folks. Mm -hmm. So do you identify anything? I'm very spiritual now, and that's why when I go to I mean I've been to 26 countries. I, I spend a lot of time in mosques and temples and churches and, well, um, and synagogues too, I hope. Or no, yeah, oh, yeah. And, oh. and, and uh, you know, God's everywhere. So it's just so or inspiring. No yeah. I'm, I'm, at this point in my life, I'm wondering if he's nowhere. But we'll, we, that's a question for another day. <laughs> well, I have a lot of countries <laughs> more to go to. So I'll be, I'll be spending a lot of places on high spiritual levels. Yes. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I just rolled the number one. So you get to try and answer zero, zero oh. idea, zero. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. What did Pontius Pilate say? I, I mean, something like your savior, or I don't know it in Latin. I don't know what he would have said in Latin. Um, but he, I think he, well, he mocked Jesus. Um, yeah. But, um, what what the phrase was, I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. Your and your website is Leslie. Or what, what were you going to say? I'm not Leslie. I'm Vicky. What you're so if you oh, don't... No, we can do that later. It's okay. All right, fine. So you're just going to pass. Or what did you say? No, no, no. I said the your savior, but not in. No, but no, you that's not it. That's not it. Well, that, that would have been a good save, but no, it is not. I'm afraid. So Vicky, I'm uh, sorry, Leslie. You can see. I, I I kept coming up with the three like thus spoke Zarathustra and Man and Superman, but I think it's Eke Womo, isn't it? What was that again? Eke Womo. 
Is that your well? That's the Latin. I, you know, behold the man. I believe that was the phrase, but in in Latin, I'm not sure if that's the name of the book. That's the only phrase I can think of in two words. Uh -huh. All right, but we, we, so you're gonna say that's your final answer then? Is that true? Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, I, I threw out the three word one. Oh. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've known a few icky homos myself, but yes, that is in fact the correct answer. Is icky homo? Behold, it was so. It was showing Jesus was whipped and whatever mm -hmm. and played, yeah. and he said, like, "Yeah, here's here's your guy." You know, right. there was a wonderful bread called Eke Panis. <clears throat> it was a real bread store called Eke Panis, meaning "Behold the bread." I love. Well, I've seen some icky penises too. Well, anyway, I don't even know what that means. I really don't know what that means. <laughs> and, ah. you've, and you've alienated so many people by saying it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what it means. This, but you know, everybody should stay tuned. You know why? Because we have a three-way yeah. tie uh, so far after the first round of our today. Was everybody yeah. intending to leave? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I Mass exodus. Mass exodus after that. <laughs> well, that's the wrong testament, let's say. We've got we jumped one yeah. testament backward. Exodus, so, exodus. Vicky, Leslie, and, and um, Ron all have two points going oh round two, the second and final round, and then we'll have a tiebreaker. Yeah, mm, if we need one, or, whether, or even if we don't need one. But now the questions get weirder. Of course they do. So ladies and gentlemen, we begin again with Vicky. And Vicky, your question, I'm going to ask you to change one letter. Okay, let me oh. get my pen. All get right. Pen. Here we go. Okay. Let me read. And it, 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 you, all, what it means is that you can give me two answers, one point each. Uh, if oh, you, okay. And there's the original word, and then you change one letter, and it's a different word. Okay, Dr. Sue. And I give you a poem. Okay. Of course Angela Lansbury's career was vital. It's one reason they gave her this title. Change one letter if you dare, and you'll have yourself a moderate swear. Oh, um... Moderate swear. Say it again, um, yeah. do it slow. Yeah, no, 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 I get it. Um, Angela Lansbury, what her title was, I don't know, Queen of Broadway or something like that. Um, so moderate swear, I don't know. Um, um, I know Leslie probably knows this. <laughs> She's smiling. <laughs> uh... Leslie's going to get two either points. Either you get it or you don't. It's yeah. either hit or Yeah, that's it. You get it or you don't. She it was the... Moderate swear. Moderate swear. Um, geez, I read all the obits on her. And I remember they, she was called whatever. Um, she was so wonderful, too. And mm. now, and now, all the murders stop in Cabot Cove. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they get away with everything. Yeah, finally, you know. And the food tastes so much better in London now. It's it's, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to guess because, in her honor, I don't want to guess wrong. So let someone else get it. All right, right, well. Looks like at least Leslie has a good idea of what. It, and guess what? I just rolled a six. So Leslie, no, come on, Leslie, do it. Let it's me read the poem. Dame and Dan. 
Oh, good. Yeah, that's what I got, too. Yeah. But here's yes. the thing. How, yeah. I have seen since Maine, I believe I saw every single play that she was ever in, whether it was a musical or a straight play. Okay. Um, and and Mame was something you know in the sixties. I mean, I was buying tickets for five dollars a piece in those days, you know, yeah, right. uh, or maybe a little bit more. Um, and my my brother and I just had this conversation because I remember taking my son to see something, and my brother said, "No, no, you took me to see that." And I'm going like, I'm so confused. I don't know who I took to see it. But even things like Blythe Spirit and right. she was right. Um, she came on riding a bicycle. And she was 80 years old. The best man, somewhere. which was, I believe, the last thing that she did was the best man. Oh, I didn't see that. Like, yeah. They had a Hopper kind of character. The, 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 the. So I just, she was just incredible on stage. She was such a presence. Not to mention her movies and 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 Manchurian Candidate, which just knocked me over. And I've, I've sure. never seen anything quite as good as that in that kind yeah. of character as that particular performance. She was great. She was her show. So, and, and of course, Joyce. That's like her favorite actress of all time because she loves Murder, she wrote. I so and I, I ah. also love Sweeney Todd. And, I and, like when she yeah. sang I'm Only a Bird in a Gilded Cage. That was early. Um, um, yes, that was in Gaslight. Wasn't that in Gaslight? Yeah. And they brought it back and she did it again. I think she sang it on Murder, oh, she really? wrote. Or, or not. Or no, or, no, she said Goodbye Little Yellow Bird is oh, what she sang on. Oh, yes, you're right. It was Goodbye Little Yellow Bird. Yes. And yes, then she did there. the Mary Poppins uh, film. Yes. She had that role at the end of it. Just Darling. The, the, that was in the remake. It, she yeah, played the, remake, the bird. Yeah. Feed the birds. Yeah. Oh, was right. that Manuel Noriega? Did you, was that the one that they did? Or, no, the yes. other. Yes. Lin Manuel Noriega. That was. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> anyway, Leslie, uh, you are uh, as is happening more and more often now. You are in the lead <laughs> with four. Oh, you know he. He gets this in his head. He used to do that with David too. I'm not always Vicky. You won the last game, did you not? No, our the other guy did. What the other guy. Oh, it's oh, almost oh, a Robert, tie. The August. Yeah. Robert right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but anyway, but here's the deal. We have a couple more questions. And it's not the winning, Leslie. It's the play. It's the way we... <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so. I get up at this hour on a Saturday morning just for the playing of the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, Leslie, here's the deal. You can really, like, take a commanding lead. You have a lead now. But take a commanding lead, because this next question goes directly to you. Okay. And guess what, Leslie? It's going to be fucking three clues in the news. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, in fact, it is. I'm surprised he won't take away points when I don't get this one. Go ahead. (laughs) We'll help you. These are three words. (laughs) We're rooting for you. I don't have to even explain this one. It's going to be like three words not connected to each other, but they're all connected individually to another word. Wow. Uh, it has something to do with the news. Right. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, here's the deal. Now, the three clues in the news are court, decree, gay. Gay. Hang on a second. Is that C-O-U-R-T or C-O-R-T? C-O-U-R-T. Okay. Gay. Hmm. Give me a second, please. Of course. Wow. Say them again. I will. The three clues are court, decree, or decree, gay. Hmm. 
Oh, and something in the news, obviously. Right. Well, obviously, yes, but. Oh, I got it. <laughs> it's your question, Liz. So it's court decree gay. I think the word is divorce. Is that your final answer? Yeah, it, it's gay divorcee, but I mean, di di divorce decree and divorce court and gay mm. divorcee. And I guess it would have to do with Tom Brady or something. Bing, bang, boom. You even got the reason. Yes. Oh, no motion. Do I get Hi, extra points for getting a reason? No. You don't need extra, but you already got six. Don't <laughs> beg. You've already oh. won. You've won, okay? Um, <laughs> actually, Leslie just did win the game. She actually did. Yeah. yeah. And was the, the Frankenstein film, was it gay divorcee or was it gay divorce? It was it's divorce. It was gay divorcee with, a, with an accent. Yeah. But the play was gay divorce, wasn't it? I don't know. I think that's I right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It yeah. doesn't have the accent. They put the extra E on the end to make to make sure that you knew that it was a divorcee. But the, I think Vicky's also right that Fred Astaire's last Broadway show is Gay Divorce, which they made a movie. And, and they, but, but and yes, it was Divorce Court and Divorce Decree. And mm -hmm. Tom and Giselle, apparently. Again, those things, I was sitting there going, I don't know this, I don't know this, boom, divorce. It was just <laughs> like that, you know. No it, way to know. It no happened way. in a split second. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> so, Leslie, you own all the community property of this game, but we're going to do some more. Can I have boardwalk? Do I have boardwalk? <laughs> well, well, you've we got should... it, obviously. Doesn't Ron get his question, though? He yes, of course he does. But, oh, but the thing course. is, Leslie, congratulations, Leslie. You have you are having an insurmountable lead. Congrats. Unless the question, of course, is worth four points. See, yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. That'll be a true tie. But yeah. I know it's not. Yeah. But this one, Ron, does go directly to you. So you can, oh. you can come in second. You know, we, we have a tie for second place. Okay. So yeah. The year was 1932. 32. It's the inaugural day for Tata Airlines, <laughs> named after its founder, J.R.D. Tata, who flew the first flight on a British made single engine. De Havilland Puss Moth Airplane. <laughs> I believe you've made this all up. Oh, I swear. Oh, right. Is this true or false? No. Believe it or not, Tata Airlines is still around today. But since 1946, it's gone under what name? Mm. Gosh. Uh, sounds like something that probably moved to India. So I'll have to say Air India. <laughs> Is that your final yeah. answer? Uh, final answer. Oh, good. I get, I get to do some racist comedy. Oh, yes, that would be very good indeed. You are correct, sir. It is India. <laughs> yes, it is India. How did, Air, India. How did you know that? How did how you, did know you? That? Well, I, I've crisscrossed India five times on tours with my show. So uh... I've been to so many cities and I've, I've come across Tata, you know, in my readings. Uh... That's what happens when you read so much about India, and I love it. It's like a second. I would have guessed India also, but do you know that there's a <clears throat> there's a <clears throat> I'm sorry, there's a wonderful little uh, new museum on 23rd Street in Manhattan. It's a tiny little place. I mean, uh -huh. it's got two two floors. It's called the Poster Museum, and they're doing mm -hmm. a an exhibition on one whole floor, the downstairs floor mm -hmm. of all the Air India posters. Oh. Used to have a little Raja character with a big wow. mustache. Yeah. And they took 
it was amazing. I mean, I don't remember any of these things. They were mostly mm -hmm. from the 50s. And they would uh, uh, have him in, 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 in paintings by famous people. You know, mm -hmm. He'd be sitting in a Toulouse-Lautrec painting or, or they would, they would uh, it, it's an amazing exhibit. You can go online and mm. see some of these things. The okay. stuff that people will come up with, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> sure, it but is. I never heard the word Tata in all well, of that. I never heard the word based Tata. Based on this Indian man, J.R.D. or like this long Indian name, J.R.D. Right. Tata. I wonder right. when the plane leaves the, the airport, does everybody just wave Tata? Yeah. Tata, yeah. Uh, well, when you're sitting on the Air India and they have the booklets about Air India, you sort of uh, read the history too, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure I can't. Was, I'm sure it's at the museum too. I just didn't yeah. remember reading that. Yeah, and of course. But I used the same thing you did. Like, where would that name be? And it would have to be India. I thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations, <clears throat> Ron. You have officially come in second. <laughs> Vicky has two points, so nobody nobody goes away scoreless. Everybody gets the home game, but we still have time for the. Um, I'd love to see a copy of the home game of this show. I would love to see that. There would be like nine billion questions. Exactly. <laughs> At least. Yeah. But there's a twister component in that one. You, you lie down on the floor and you twist like, you know. Um, you don't think there's a twister component in this one? You <laughs> Obviously, oh, some place, yeah. So oh, here's the, we still have a tiebreaker. We have one more question for you. Okay. All right. And you will need your pens and papers. It's the usual thing, so you're not going to answer directly. Each of you is going to hold your mm -hmm. answer. Sure. I'm going to give a three, two, one countdown. It, <clears throat> excuse me. It is another, um, excuse me, fill in the blank. 1926 was the year. Born today in West Central France, is this published? I'm oh, sorry. Born today in West Central France is this philosopher whose books include Madness and Civilization, Discipline and Punish, and his four-volume History of Sexuality. Name this writer who furthered the idea of Jeremy Bentham's panopticon as an all-seeing surveilling eye. Looking, Leslie looking rather confident. I think Vicky also. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. We may have a three a three bagger on this one. <clears throat> Let me know when you've all finished your writings. I'll read the question again. And read then, it one uh, more time. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, do you want me? I'll read it one more time before you shout. Then. Um, yeah. The year was 1926. Born today in West Central France is this philosopher whose books include Madness and Civilization, Discipline and Punish, and his four-volume History of Sexuality. Name. That writer who furthered the idea of Jeremy Bentham's panopticon as an all-seeing surveilling eye. <laughs> nice clear eyeball. There. That's really good okay. there. Yeah, nice, that nice, works. Nice and clear. No. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you. Someone said I looked high when I was doing my 20th anniversary show. I'm like, I've never taken <laughs> drugs in my life and I look high. I was I was just literally spiritually, morally, and ethically. not even a little something, something, nothing. Well, I, I look, I look like I was bleary. I could barely keep my eyes. Open. It was Eleven o'clock at night. I'm like, uh, I was just been grading eighty papers. I was like, of course I look high. And if I have to grade eighty of these kinds of papers, I yeah, should be high. Is, David, 
Yeah. David, the trick is you give less homework. That's the thing. You don't have to yeah, grade yeah, so yeah. many papers. I got to revise my, my syllabus next year. There's no question about that. And it's like, yeah, just one paper at the end of the year. That's the time. Try try yeah. having them grade each other's papers. I can. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. And then they'll give each other A's. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Yeah. No. It's not your generation anymore. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it is. So do you, are, are you guys thinking? Um, yeah, just do three, two, one. You you all you've written something. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. Again, born today in West Central France is this philosopher who wrote Madness and Civilization, Discipline and Punish, and the History of Sexuality. Name that writer who furthered the idea of Jeremy Bentham's Panopticon as an all-seeing, surveilling eye. Three, two, one. Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> and I see Kinsey and I see Jean Paul Sartre, which is probably the closest. That's but close. the answer is wait, I'm going to give you all a hint. Yeah. Uh, Metronome. Metronome. Um, clock, alarm clock, uh, grandfather clock. Um, Pendulum. 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 I don't know what that means. Yeah, but I don't know anybody pendulum. named Pendulum. Somebody pen, pen, pendulum. I don't know. What is it? Right, <laughs> the answer is, um, Joyce, do you want to take this one? Because you got this like immediately. Or, or, uh, while we're... Okay. The, the answer is, the philosopher is Michel Foucault. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Yes, right. yes, yes. I wouldn't have gotten that. I'm, I'm not a big philosopher person. I, yeah. I kept thinking I'm not even sure if... if Sartre wasn't older than that. If he wasn't born in the in the nineteen teens, I don't even know. Yeah. So I read that guy's works. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that it was much on the show. Nobody got the tiebreaker, but we didn't need it because Leslie Hope and Blake. <laughs> so much for your tiebreaker. I yeah, take your right. tiebreaker and right. I speed on it. <laughs> oh, we need David Sheward with the accents for this. It's like, you know, you start doing it, it's like, oh, no, it's like, it's like this oh, stuff. Oh, oh. It owns it, yes. I can do that. Oh, <laughs> I can speak French. <laughs> Everybody so, look at, look at the, look, look right at your thing. I'm going to take a picture. Everybody looks, I send this to, uh, okay, ready? One, two, three. I'll do a couple. Vicky sends it to people in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Why not? Oh. They need it. She writes, it, yeah. she writes them in me. She sends them all those to <laughs> All right, can I stop right. because I'm I, think, yes. I got at least one. Okay. Dave, good. how did that person find me through you? Um, my guess Shay, is Shay somebody, whatever his name is. It was somebody who was who was trying to contact Leslie and Charlie, who co-host the show called Two on the Isle. Oh, nice. And I guess they found you on my show. Yes, on Facebook. Uh, no, no, they found us. They're they're aggregating the reviews for Slave Play. Oh. They're doing a documentary on the reviews of Slave Play. Wow. Interesting. Okay. It was an odd thing. And Charlie and I used to do something called First Impressions, which I never liked, because it meant coming out of the theater and immediately saying what you thought. And mm. I like to think a little bit. I don't mm. like to do that immediately. Oh, I hate thinking. Yeah. You know. Mm. And not only that, but it was winter, and I was wearing earmuffs, literally, that were the size of two hamburgers. <laughs> and I had a cap on. <laughs> well, they were vegan hamburgers, so they were really exactly. Yes, and they it tasted good. Before the mask, yeah. you still couldn't see my face because it was covered by Irma, and I don't want that to be seen on anything. So I sent him back a note. I checked with Charlie, and I said, "Look, we we reviewed this show three times." I said, "That was the first impression. I do not want that to be the one that we use." But you're welcome to cho to choose something. But I want to see what you choose because I think 
two white people reviewing slave play is a minefield. And I don't want to be taken out of context. I don't mind them taking what we said as long as it's, you know, in context of what we said, not to prove some other kind of point. Yeah. Sure. So that's, I haven't heard back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but also, if they were writing a book about it or something, you would have no real say yes. in the matter. Yes. But the point, just but he said they were only going to use a tiny piece. He was very specific about that. Oh, I can use a tiny piece anytime. There's no creative, <laughs> there's no creative control. Yeah. There's no, well, the document, they do, I think, need permission. They, they will actually. Yeah, no, no, he had to, they can't do it without our, well, they could. I mean, of mm. course they could. Anybody can do anything, but but I, I would, I'd Legally, be looking yeah. for this thing yeah. to, to, to sue them, you know, <laughs> if it came down. No, but I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if you post this publicly on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, do they really? It was actually posted on, it was actually posted on YouTube. The, the first impressions. The first impressions went straight to YouTube. Right. So I don't. I honestly don't know if YouTube has the who has the copyright on that. If there is one, or if it's on YouTube, it's fair play. I don't. You know what? Most times you don't have to. Most times you don't have to. But they were kind enough to to ask. And I, I just don't really want to be seen. I look like a walrus or something, some weird animal. Well, all right. Well, anyway, anyway, congratulations, Leslie. The show that you're talking about, not, not the First Impressions one, but the regular show is called Two on the Aisle, which I'm assuming you're, you're, you're going to the theater again now. So are you posting? Well, we're, we're, we're getting together. We, we did a we did a Leopoldstadt um, review, but I think we want to do it over again. I don't think. When when I played it back, there were some odd noises on it that were not coming from either one of us. So sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you have that bean turkey dinner again? Yeah, right. <laughs> so tomorrow morning, Charlie and I are going to do, or tonight, tonight we're going to do that. And maybe we can also do, because we've seen everything up to now so far. We've oh. seen Death of a Salesman, 1776, Cost of Living, and... Um, Leopoldstadt, which are the four big shows. I wanted to see Leopoldstadt. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't rustle up tickets for me this weekend. I want. I wanted to see that one. Um, How long did it take you to drive up? Oh, it's a four-hour and twenty-minute trip with uh, a quick pit stop for a little bit of quick food What's and a pee. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I say pit stop, but what I mean is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's not, I mean, we have, we high, it's, you know what, between Amtrak and the LIRR and getting from BWI to Maryland and the time and what, it is actually, for two people, is actually worth it to take a freaking car. Uber? So like not, Uber. Not, not a car service, but an Uber-like car service to do it most of the time. It's just, we found one good one. It's ridiculously expensive. But when you compare the time and money you would do but less than all of the other stuff, yeah, right? I get yeah. it. I one person is not worth it for two. It, it seriously is. But Les, I, I want to ask you before I let you guys go, all of you. Um, what did you think of cost of living? Which one the Pulitzer Prize? We're going to talk about it a little bit. I, I, I really, I was amazed at how how much I had forgotten about it. The the one thing that I remembered was the woman in the bathtub yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, also, David Zayas is an old. Uh, uh, oops! Wait a minute. That's that's a that's an alarm. You're going to hear music oh. in the background. Sorry about that. Nice. I, I like could that. yell at Alexa, but she doesn't stop when I want her to. Hi, Alexa. <laughs> don't so you know, anyway, um, she's in charge. Yeah. I don't know why I have an eleven o'clock alarm. I didn't. Set <laughs> Alexa, STFU. All right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's James Taylor. It's good. It's good stuff. Gets better. Yeah, we have to it down, or else we're going to get thrown off uh, Facebook. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh my goodness! 
I've been screaming at her. I'm amazed that they haven't sent somebody up from the front desk to see if I'm all right and not having a stroke. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, 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 David Zayas is someone that I interviewed years ago with his wife from the Labyrinth Company. His wife is Liza Colon right. Zayas. Yeah. And I dubbed them the um, the uh, Latina London well, Fontaine. Fontaine. So, right. And mm-hmm. they are just incredible. David is so wonderful in this. He has, yeah. A, a, yeah, he, yeah. but they all are. And I didn't get to go backstage to see David because I was with somebody. But when I came out of 1776, walking down 42nd Street, no. 43rd. No, 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 no. I came out of Leopoldstadt, Leopoldstadt on 48th yeah. Street. They were going to a restaurant around the corner from Cost of Living on 47th. So I got to stop and talk to David for a couple of minutes and tell everybody in the cast how wonderful I thought they were. And I did think they were wonderful. I mean, my my companion um, did not did not think that a couple of them were very good actors, he said. And I thought, screw you, you know, <laughs> because I think he's desperate. I think he's very wrong. And I thought that everyone was really great. Right? Everybody's yeah. a critic. Well, did you go with a critic companion or just a friend? No, 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 a, fr- a friend, not, not a critic. Yeah. No. yeah. And he and he's a Brit and he constantly, he can't, he can't wait till we get out of the theater before he tells me what he thinks of anything. Oh. And I listen, I don't, I don't respond because I haven't had time to think about it. But I, at that point, I said, no, no, you're wrong. I said, I thought everybody was great. I don't remember who did it originally. The the two handicapped uh, or, or other abled or whatever oh, word yeah. you want to use, people were the same. The the two caretakers were different. Oh, interesting. This uh, So Zaz yeah. wasn't in it. Off, uh, no. I really no. liked him quite a lot. So, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Leslie... Uh, you and Charlie will be posting their reviews on YouTube, and then at some point soon you'll also have a right. new episode of right. Two on the Island. Wearing those earmuffs. Yeah, you, you you have to you have to like. Well, <laughs> you have to go look at look up look up uh, uh, slave play first. No, listen, next wow. you know I don't want anyway. it to be seen, and you have to do a little work to find that. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying next time we do a, uh, I don't know if I'll be doing Dave's Gone By next week, but next time we do one, you've got to come on wearing the <laughs> And Vicky will so, take a picture. So <laughs> I'll be gone for the weekend. I'll be gone for the weekend of November 4th and 5th. I'm going up to I'll New Haven. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about resettling in New Haven at, at some point in the next two oh. couple of years. I think oh. New Haven is the closest thing to New York I'm going to find that's near my kids and near New York. If I'm still able to travel to the theater, which well, I'm not the sure will, you be able, will you schlep? To, I mean, once you're in New Haven, Connecticut, will you will you start feeling like, nah, fuck it? You know? I already feel that way because I've had to walk <laughs> home from the. It doesn't sound like much to anybody else, oh, but for me to have to walk home because I can't get a cab and to walk through the the the, the I was going to say terrorists. I meant tourists, but I almost said terrorists because that's how I feel. They they crowd the sidewalks. They don't care about anything, and it makes me crazy. So I'm not happy about that part of the trip now. Even even I, living I, five blocks. Even living here. right here, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, but yes, I, my plan was to come in and do what you're doing. I would come in for a three-day weekend and see four plays. That mm-hmm. was my plan. But I don't know if I'm going to have the stamina to do it. Yeah. So, I, my plan know. is really to come in um, to the city and see someone to do foreplay with. Uh, Joyce is not thrilled with that idea, but... Oh, she's she's she, she, oh, she got a look on her face. Okay, Ron, I, no have, I no longer have words to give back to you on these things. All I can do is make faces. I feel like a living emoji. I feel like a living emoji. When it comes to- yes, exactly. 
Well, so Ronald Rand, um, yes. let me ask you, sir, uh, your, what's happened with Clerman? What's happening with the opera? About well, I've got, I've got a lot of things in the iron and uh, solo transformation on stage. My new book oh. is, uh, is, is certainly selling, doing really well. And I just had a birthday. Uh, so I had a lot of celebrations. So I just keep getting younger. That's all. I don't do numbers, Absolutely. so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, but muzzle, 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 tov. Uh, that, that, congratulations. Can I ask, or, or is it uh, that don't tell age? Not that. Don't ask. Well, I don't even do numbers, so it doesn't matter. I just get younger. Yeah, Fair that's enough. all. When they ask me how old I am in, in uh, classes I teach, I tell the students at least three million years. Because that's our <laughs> DNA. And it always works. Like this, yeah. yeah. This Tell them in goldfish years. Tell them in goldfish years. Don't. <laughs> so, and, and let us do remind people solo transformations on stage is Ronald Rand's book about doing solo uh, monologues for in the uh -huh. theater. And you can get it at the drama book shop. You can get it at old places that Amazon. And, and it's also about transformation that we go through every single day. And I have a lot of insights, at, plus a whole chapter of some of the greatest solo performers who have performed on the stage, people like Christopher Plummer and Eve Ensler and a lot of wonderful people, mm -hmm. Steve Lang, a lot of great, great folks. And uh, it's so important that we, we also gain strength from those who come before us. So I have a lot of insights from other performers like Julie Harris and, and uh, Dale Orlander Smith and people that really have just changed the, the face of theater. So and we gain strength from those who come before us. That essentially makes yeah. us vampires, if you think about that. But uh, kind of, I know that joke sucked. But Vicky Quaddy, Vicky Quaddy, what's yeah. the rest of this weekend? Are you doing Holy Ghost Bingo tonight, or what's what's her? No, I'm going. I was going. I had to give it up tonight, because, and I I switched over to doing it tomorrow. I'm going to see Murder on the Orient Express at uh, in, out in Oak Brook at the at the, the theater there. Oh. oh wow! Okay, I've never seen that live as a play. I've only seen it as mm -hmm. a movie. Yeah, I'm curious. It's a matinee at three o'clock, and I didn't think mm -hmm. I could get back from Oak Brook to do the show if I got caught in traffic. So mm -hmm. I thought no. So I, I switched it with one of my other actors. That is amazing. So you're, would, you're in a position where you want you you would choose to see theater rather than perform. She does I can't imagine that. I do like to perform. Okay, smile again because I want to make sure I got a better picture. All right, everybody. Let's put on your earmuffs. <laughs> Ready? One, two, three. Mm. All right, that should be good. That, that should be a good, good one. Good. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you ever so much. As I said, I'm not sure if I'll be doing a Dave's Gone by next week. I'm just rather overloaded at the moment. I might, I might not. Um, if I do, I hope to see some of your faces, if not all. Um, I wish you all a very, very healthy Leslie and great won, week. Right? Leslie, 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 the queen Leslie of the show. Yeah, she won. The dame. Yeah. The yeah. dame of the show. Yes. That's the damn dame. I'm the damn dame. That's what I am. <laughs> exactly. The damn dame of the trivia game. Guys, what? Yeah, yeah. What? Wow. See you all see soon. You soon. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful really week. Funny. Good some Castora to you all, too. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. Take bye bye. Care. Bye bye. Okay, one wow. more. One more. It's me. Bye. Bye. Leslie won a lot. Well, Leslie, yeah. Well, uh, you know, David Stewart hasn't been here for for a month. You I know. don't know if he comes back and he reclaim his title. It's going to be tough. He'll be a little rusty. It's very possible. Mm -hmm. He might just rust a little, but rust never sleeps. Uh, uh, I just felt young when I said that. Ha. <laughs> I'm Dave Lefkowitz. You're watching Dave's Gone By, our 868th edition of the program. Um, 
And oh, we're calling this one for no real good reason. I hope, I hope this will mean something in the months and maybe a couple of years ahead. I, I have no title for this show, but um, I was surfing the web in, in the one minute when I'm not grading, and I came across this adorable creature, an aquatic creature. Say the name. And it's called, I mean, let me tell you, it's not a frog, and it's not a salamander. It's something that's sort of a cross between one and the other. So it, it's a salamander that should become a frog, and kind of does, but kind of doesn't. So it keeps, like, some of the, the, the fins that frogs shake off when they become frogs. And I know all this because years ago we had the guy from Grow a Frog on the show, and Joyce and I, our first pets, before we even got dogs, we got a couple of grow frogs, and they're African claw frogs. They're, video. they're completely aquatic. Um, so they're not like the frog frogs you think on lily pads and stuff. They, they literally, they're like fish, fish-like frogs. And when you get them, when they send them to you in the mail, they, they come in, in you know, uh, like salamander thing. Tadpole, they, they, tadpole. Tad, little baby tadpoles. And then and so they grow a little more, and then they lose like vestigial limbs and they keep growing and they become frogs and you have to change their food and you, you know the, the water kind of stays the same you put in different crap uh and you feed them different stuff but you know and, and they're supposed to live like a year or two and what we have they, they live for like a decade it was insane they, they didn't die until we literally moved to colorado gave the frogs to my aunt to bring to her classroom they lived another year uh, or so in class, where then they finally dropped dead over the summer. Yeah, but, but I mean, amazing. it was wonderful. So we're not going to to talk about African claw frogs or salamanders, but there's this species. There's this thing called an axolotl. Let, let's see if I can make it big. I can't. <laughs> oh, I can't do this. Wait, how do I how do I show this this video and make it large? Yeah. Oh, I think I got it. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm gonna unplug this just to do yeah, so. That... So here's a little baby one. <laughs> it's uh, they call it the Mexican walking fish, Aww. and it's not really doing any walk. Oh, there we go! Look at the little gills. Look at the little things. So here he is in the sort of salamanderish form. Are they legal? You can buy them. You can buy them by mail, but I don't think they have them in local aquariums. How do I set up an axolotl tank? Did I send you this or did you find it? I think I found it and then you refound it because it's probably the first video that comes up on Google when you look for axolotls. Sorry about the shaky um, whatever. I want to get to the point where they become uh, more frog-like. Let me let me move it further along here. Um, new, so it's playing. Here we go. And it still sort of looks like a... F come on. <laughs> no, I can't. Let's, let's slide this over a little bit more. When it, now, 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 look. Now it's going to become an axle. There it is! Oh. Look at that. That is a real fish frog thing. Isn't that the most wonderful? That's, that's fish. That's, uh, I guess you can have it in other aquarium situations. You're supposed to have one alone in a 20-gallon tank. It's got to be minimum 20 gallons. Why so big? Why 20 gallons? Uh, that's what they say. They it's happy in a 20-gallon tank. There he is. So it looks a little like a catfish. See, and, it's and, not a twenty-gallon tank, would you uh, say? Uh, it at is. least it's at least a ten. Look at him! Look at him! Look at him! Check out my new something. Um, 
So at some point, not yet. Now, once we're settled in, we have a little a little bit of extra money. Maybe, Haha. maybe what you could do is give the winning guest one of these. An axolotl. Yeah. Well, well they, they range. They range about 30, 40 bucks. Plus, you got to get the tank and all their, their stuff to, you know, for a special Lucid albinism axolotl. It's like $150. Um, now, I, the amazing thing is they all have names like various cancers. I don't know why, but that's the names like leukocyte axolotl and, and malignosa axolotl. I'm like, what the, why? But they are the cutest things. So they're like frogs with, they're peacock-like frogs. And I, I'm, I'm, I love them. So uh, we're calling this a little axolotl, as opposed to a lot of axolotl. For no reason, I ain't getting axolotl. Someday I want to have and raise and hold and cuddle an axolotl, uh, but not yet. Soon. Soon enough, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, yeah. We are about uh, 13 minutes after the hour in the third hour of Dave's Gone By this Saturday morning. Remember that you can write to me, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com, or just post messages to me right here on the Facebook page or instant, you know, direct message me. Uh, you can do that at our friends. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it would be helpful if you have those noise canceling headphones and earmuffs while you're doing that. So let's do a little bit of Grizzly Crimes and Old Times. Oh, and I also want to talk about um, cost of living. What's that? Oh, you need you need the yes, you need the noisy the noisy noisy things. Oh, uh oh. Well, that one works. Excellent. So Grizzly Crimes and Old Times. Yeah. Ah, is a segment that we do based on stories in a real newspaper in Greeley, Colorado, in northern Colorado. There are two comical, intentionally funny items that they put once a week in that newspaper. One, and they're both true. One is based on phone calls that come into the local police department complaining about things happening in the neighborhood. And the other is uh, our friend Mike Peters going through the newspapers 100 years ago and plucking out the, the items that to modern eyes are a little funny or just nostalgic or just shocking. We mix them up and we call it Grilly Crimes and Old Times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Da, 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 da. So, Grilly Crimes at all times, we're doing it this Saturday morning. Are you ready, dear? Are you ready for, for some criminality? These are public record. These are actual phone calls that come in to, or, oh dear. They have come into the police department in northern Colorado. This is what people are actually asking the police to look into. Oh, so this is, this is... And it's interesting they always put the less scary thing first. A caller on 11th Avenue <clears throat> excuse me, said a group of men threw a bag of rocks and pulled a gun on him after he got off the bus. So it's like, oh, yeah, they, they threw a bag of rocks. Oh, and by the way, they also pulled a gun on me. It's like, um, you know, you should really get a more direct transfer. That's a, you know. Yeah. I, it doesn't say whether they maybe had an altercation of some sort. Or if, if one of the men said, uh, 
A man on the Pooter Trail said, Two men listening to music stepped in front of him while he was riding his bike. <laughs> Once they realized he wasn't a woman, they backed off. Um, circling back to check uh, on... Oh, I'm sorry. That was, so it's sort of like... He, they saw him riding along, maybe I had a hat on or something with long hair, and they kind of left him alone when they realized it was a him. Wow. I would not want to be a girl riding on a bike in that neighborhood, no, I guess. That's good. Yeah. Anyway. A caller near 5th Street said that a man left his grocery bags on the corner and kept circling back to check on the bags. And then leaving. I think that's called Instacart. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Instacart? I don't know. I, I would. I never trust my grocery bags alone. I don't yeah, know what trouble they get into. You order them, and they deliver them, and then you go bye bye. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's the premise of. No, but the, the idea of like he just they left them on the corner, and kept sort. Maybe you're right. Maybe the Instacart thing will go up to the guy's stoop because they, they saw a dog. Maybe they weren't of age, and he, you know. Oh. But usually, like an Instacart, I'm, I'm just looking for the note clipper, David. In Instacart, you have to leave instructions. Yeah, right. Or you take so a picture maybe the of the person yeah. said, like, please leave my bags on the corner and circle to see if they, you know. Yeah. Please, please yeah. leave my bags on the corner of 48th and 8th. I don't know what I did with <laughs> I'll them. come out of my apartment and get them shortly. What are you looking for? The nail clippers? I don't know. I, I just bought a new one. I know. I don't know what happened. To oh, it. my God. I just bought I it. Know, I know. Oh, Edith. I'm not Edith, honey. Uh, don't call me daughter. Oh, well. Oh, well. Mm. If we hit Walgreens, I'll buy another one. That's why I buy so many of them. I love nail clippers. Okay, Almost as much as I love my nose hair trimmer. Yes, I left that back in Maryland. And I love ketchup. Well, potatoes love ketchup. So there you go. I'm surprised you don't have a trimmer here, honey. Usually you have a trimmer. I usually keep... Well, I probably have a, a one I didn't like, and I left it well, here. I found another pair of glasses and a flash dryer. Excellent. There you're you go. doing good today. Yeah. So take what you need back. But leave what you might need here, just in case you need it here. I'm taking all of them back, because if right. I lose my glasses, I cannot see. That's fair enough. That, that, that would happen, yeah. Um, so, let's do some old times. This is, this is, or these are items that were in the newspapers uh, 100 years ago. Literal... Your bad substitute. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I never like that. Uh, no offense to the, the makers of these, but they just have nothing on a good con air nose hair trimmer. Nothing. An ear, too. Oh, it's so sad. I've got a little stalk in my ear right here. I would love to just zip. Oh, it feels so good. I love that. Love it! All right. Old times, ladies and gentlemen. We begin with a chicken alert. Chicken alert. That is when we have a story about a chicken. So 100 years ago, when he saw two men stealing chickens from his neighbor's hen house last night, uh, he doesn't say who. Um, he took some shots at them. Oh, no. He thinks he hit one man oh, no. because he heard him swear. And then they got away with 10 chickens. A block away, the 10 dead chickens were found in a bag. Oh. How'd you like to be the person on, on the road? Even in, 2000, in, in 1922, walking along, saying, Oh, I wonder what's in that bag. And you open it up, it's like there's 10 dead chickens in That's it. That's really sad. It's, yeah, it's terrible. That's yeah. very sad. Here's another old-timey thing. 100 carloads of cabbage. 
100 carloads of cabbage. One hundred kind of, if one of those cabbages, you know, rotted even worse. Well, they rotted in storage this week because Union Pacific Railroad didn't send refrigerated cars to haul them to the customers. Cabbage can be, has to be refrigerated. You would think, I don't know. I guess if you're rolling along in a truck and it gets like 90 degrees for hundreds of miles, I guess you want to kind of keep, well, yeah, you know, we think about it in the store, in the vegetable bins, they keep it kind of cool and wet and, and you know, stuff coming down. Um, it's true. Hun, you're not going to believe this. Oh, you are not going to believe this. As soon as you brought me the ketchup, what happened? it was time for a potato alert. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Potato alert. Potato. Oh, no. There we go. Oh, potato alert. Potato alert. Potato alert. Like this, is a, this is a story. Why, why is that right? Oh. Uh oh, and there it goes. Ah, is it magnetic? You are getting potato. Oh, yeah, stop doing it. it really, look at this. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Like, what? What, might, what else might stick to this thing? No, oh, maybe not that. My spoon? No, no, nothing. Anyway, uh, potato alert. This is a story from a hundred years ago in the newspapers about potatoes. Two Loveland men, both of them 27 years old, are in the Weld County Jail, charged with the theft of 18 sacks of potatoes from a local farm. Uh-oh. The sheriff has also has their pickup truck, which has a tent set up in the back. The sheriff said it will make an excellent campaign wagon for himself and other candidates. So I guess they had these hobos come to town. With, you know, sleeping in their car in the tent. Making potatoes And too? stealing, you know, a really valuable... What, I mean, back in the day, back in 1922, was it like, you know, eight cents for 30 pounds of potatoes or something? I mean, of all the things to, to steal, unless they just meant to cook and eat them and roast them on the road. Maybe they were going to make it for friends. I'm so sorry. I feel bad about your... My, my now, yeah, leave, leave it for after the show's done. You see can find the, it then. See if this will stick. Oh, oh, and my little octopus friend. This will stick. I, he's beautiful. Look at him. Look oh, wait, here's at the him's. appropriate thing to stick. Mm. Oh, it's, oh, yes. Look at this. this. Since potatoes do love their ketchup. Look at this. Let's see. Let's see if this will stick to the, the flashlight. Weirdly enough, no. What is it about paper clips, man? I don't know. That's creepster. No, not working. Not happening. Oh, well. All right, let's do one more old-timey thing. I have an aphorism for you. And I do apologize uh, for those of you who are allergic to aphorisms, but this, it's quick. I do have a mild aphorism allergy. So back in the day, back in the day-day, um, in newspapers they would put in not just news, but these cute little things for people to read and enjoy and remember. They say, remember that the opportunity of a lifetime must be grasped during the lifetime of an opportunity. Isn't that good? But it's not going to be in there. You, you, you put it in there. I'm getting other stuff. I don't like that, and I think it, that doesn't make sense. Well, this is the, the opportunity of a lifetime must be grasped during the lifetime of the opportunity. I rather like that. It sounds like the Nike or some kind of slogan. <laughs> Maybe. No. All right, let's do let's do uh, one more criminality thing, okay. and then we'll table this because because I want to do um, talk briefly about the play I saw. Oh, can you can you go into my knapsack and grab a playbill? I forgot to take them out last sure, night. What do you need, honey? Uh, the playbill that I... Um, Is there only one? I, I, I think I grabbed three of them. So I just I need like one. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, here you go. Thank oh, you very much. I'll need that in a little bit. Oh, and there's, there's my... What I drank last night. 
Oh, I got I got smashed on mash. Mm, ridiculously expensive, but really, really tasty. Le watermelon, lemon, lime, sparkling, sparkling beverage. So I never heard of it. What is it called? No, I've never seen it before. Mash. And they have all these different flavors and like, but there was a pomegranate one, but this is the one that really, I was like, let me try something. It was really good. Mash. So I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah. I wonder who the beverage company is. Um, I'm sure it's bottled by Coca-Cola or some shit, but uh, Boylan Bottling, I guess from Massachusetts. I guess from Massachusetts. Very nice. Oh, they have a lot of them. Yeah. Sparkling fruit, fruit drink. Mm -hmm. Mash variety pack. Um, mm -hmm. Does it have caffeine? Caffeine Not this. free. Yeah, no, why wouldn't it? And it's only... Low essence, low calorie, sparkling water. Yeah. Oh, it was more than sparkling. It tastes like um, a soda. More than just sparkling water. I sparkling water, like, oh, we put two drops of flavor in it. So you can drink it. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going to pay $3 for that. Flavors, David. Did yeah. you see all that? Well, they have a few at, in Penn Station where I got this. So what? I'm not going to buy another one because it's four and a half damn dollars. Yeah, pomegranate raspberry. Yeah. Ripe mango blood orange. They had that one. Watermelon lemon lime. That's this one. Lemon peel ginger root. Mm, grapefruit ginger. citrus zing. Pineapple coconut. Ooh, that might be all right. Yeah, that's great. And they're, they're carbonated. You know, they're, they've got a little, and they're only 80 calories yeah. for 16 ounces, which is about 40 calories fewer or even more than, than a Snapple or an Arizona. But anywho, let's let's finish up Greeley Crimes and Old Times. Let's get to a caller near Pope Farms. We know where that is. On 65th Avenue, reported seeing a possible police impersonator. What? Yes. A possible police impersonator. Meanwhile, oddly enough, a caller in here, police farms, reported seeing a Pope impersonator. Whoa. It happens. Kevin and Vicky. Are they on 8th and 8th? No, it's all the way up on 65th Avenue. Wow. And one more. One more. A man on 1st Street complained that stray cats kept defecating in his yard and that he couldn't keep bending over to clean off his shoes. Now... We have deer poop in our yard now, yeah. right? And people, I see dog poop. Has anybody ever complained about cat poop in the yard? Do you even see cat poop in the yard? The problem is the man didn't see it. Well, they, I, I guess. And, and he walks barefoot. Which, no, That's just, not good. But, Why don't they get him slippers? Or, or Right. Or him or well, boots, boots. Well, no, slippers, you still have to clean. Yeah, but get boots or something. What's the diff? Get him, like, uh, those croc shoes that are plastic. He could just, he could just like, hose them hose off. Him, he could hose them down. That's, yeah, yeah. But I've never heard of this before. Like people complain about cat poo in the yard. You figure you won't even see it. Don't cats? I mean, they make poo, but never occurred to me that you cats need to would investigate oh. that a bit more. Yeah, uh, poopies. He's got cats making poopies. They're all purple and goopy. No, I don't think they, they, they the are. The cats are sickly. And that is Greeley Crimes and Old Times for this Saturday, October 15th, 2022. Mr. Horace Greeley was no fool. No, he was not. I'm sure that you agree with me that Greeley was no fool. What he is getting at is that Mr. Greeley was no fool. Yippee-yi, 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 yippee-yi. Yippee! 
Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, yes, it is almost 11.30 Eastern Time in the neighborhoods. We're doing Dave's Gone By, our 868th edition, calling it a little axolotl. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. That's my darling and adorable wife, Joyce. We still have a couple more things to do. We've got our Colorado Limerick of the Damned and our friends of the neighborhood. But before then, I just want to spend a couple of minutes talking about theater inside Broadway. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Yes, Inside Broadway we go, because um, I've been a theater critic for a bunch of years, a published playwright, uh, a produced playwright, award-winning, blah, 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 uh, an arts journalist. I used to, to run Playbill.com, so yeah, I've had a bit of a... Big of a life in the theater, and I still do. As I told you at the beginning of the show, I'm in New York for like two days, and I'm still like, I gotta go see something. So, so I'm seeing uh, 1776, the revival, this afternoon. And then last night, I said, you know what? It's a Pulitzer one play. Let me go see, and, and it's supposed to be really, really good, Cost of Living, a drama by Martina Mayock that is being performed by Manhattan Theater Club at the Samuel L. Friedman Theater on Broadway over on West 47th Street. And this, this play, I believe it did win the Pulitzer Prize just a couple of years back. It was done off-Broadway, I'm guessing by MTC, which is why they're reviving it and giving it more of a chance of, of more people to see it. It is a four-person play, as Leslie told us, the cast off-Broadway was two people different, Currently in it are David Zayas, Kara Young, Greg Mosgala, and Katie Sullivan. I'm theater people. There we go. So here's the deal. It is two parallel stories that ultimately, as they say, intersect at the, in the very last scene. One story has to do with a guy who goes to this bar. He's an alcoholic, but he's, he's sober. He's been sober for a long time. He's just having a spritzer, uh, a seltzer spritzer. And he's gone, come there to meet somebody. That he's, he doesn't even know who it's going to be because he was married and the um, woman he was married to passed. But he had a, a relationship with her, you know, the ups and downs of a relationship. But he still feels very, very close to her. And getting over the loneliness and the loss of her they used to text each other all the time, you know, just to, just the kind of a how are you doing text to remind you that the other person's thinking about you, which is what, you know, one of the main reasons that people lock themselves together for another person year after year after year. And then, of course, she dies, the text stops, but he still sends a text to be in that habit, to remember her and to feel like she's remembering him. And then one day, I'm, I'm not giving away the whole play, but one day, somebody texts back. At that number from the grave and he doesn't is it her or you know it has has time passed and therefore somebody else has now got that phone number he doesn't know he wants to find out who the hell um is texting back and now they're having conversations and stuff so they they make up a time to meet at this bar and then throughout the rest of the show we actually see the relationship he had with his wife they were estranged they were separating he was seeing someone else but she had gotten herself into a terrible car accident. Oddly enough, he was the drunk, but she's the one who got into the accident. And she lost, um, she was partially paralyzed and lost her, her legs. So he has become, to save money and stuff, and because he still has feelings of some level for her, and she for him, becomes her caretaker. 
So he, you know, instead of her having to hire another nurse, um, he's the one who has to cook, bake, help, and sort of come over and, and deal with all her needs. Meanwhile, in a parallel story, there's um, a guy who, I guess he has, they don't really, I don't ever remember them saying what he has, but it feels like CP, uh, cerebral palsy or something like um, But he's, mentally he's fine. He's actually a graduate student at an Ivy League college, but, you know, he, he is literally like this. He speaks perfectly well. He obviously thinks perfectly well. And, and you know, at a certain point in the show, he gets naked. So he's a good-looking young man. He's, he's naked because she's like, got to bathe him. It's called Cost of Living. Okay, I'm going to see what they say. Um, and so he hires this woman who's also been a graduate student. But, you know, she's having a hard time. She's working two or three jobs in local bars, just trying to make enough money. Uh, she, she comes to try and help him. Uh, she's desperate for the job, and he needs someone, but he's warning her. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm difficult. You, you think it's just like, oh, okay, you make me a little food, you, you help me shower, and you, you shave me, because you can't really do that like this. But it's also, you know, do you understand what it means when you're helping someone who is on some level helpless. It's like if you come yeah, too fast. It is palsy. It is palsy. So if you come near me too quick, he goes into like this, this heart, and every joint in his body aches. And so he, she has to learn about him. He has to learn about her because he's kind of an asshole. That's <laughs> you know, when he's privileged. Privileged, privileged asshole. Um, and so that's these are the parallel stories, scene by scene. We go back and forth to the man and his his wife that he has to care for, and back and forth to this woman and this, this young guy that she has to care for. And is there a romance blossoming on one level? And is there, you know, a certain kind of rekindling of love that is, is blossoming in another way? And there's some very effective scenes, and the, first, the opening monologue had me. It's delivered it's by David... Bayonne, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's an urban kind of a, a story, because these are people, hard scrabble people, They're, except for the rich... You know, guy with CP. These are people who are, you know, two paychecks, if not paycheck to paycheck, one or two paychecks away from, uh, and, and getting by. And, you know, barely getting by themselves, but having to care for others who have even more difficulty trying to get by. And, and the opening monologue about the guy in the, the, the texts and his wife, just absolutely beautifully delivered, gripping. I'm like, I am in this play. And as is going on for me, and just felt more and more contrived. And I, I feel like, um, I like that Mayock doesn't write really on some level a tearjerker. It's not a melodramatic tearjerker thing that she's going for. She's trying to do a more human story between people and not come to like, you know, Marvin's room, uh, cry. She avoids that. But I also figured that the way that this is played out and how the two characters end up meeting each other and uh, thematically it all holds together. And one, one, and one Lortel. Lortel yeah. It's good playwriting. Um, it, it's structured very well, and it's also got, you know, the, the idea of... nomination, a drama desk award. Yeah. What we get out of caring for people and what the people, you know, and, and the, the weirdness sometimes of the borders being crossed emotionally, physically, when, you know, you are... You kind of have to keep that in mind. If, if you are doing things for another person, you know, and, and you're... At any moment, any of the people can say, you know, I'm, I'm walking out, I'm leaving you in the bathtub. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want this any, or, or um, 
you know, I can be cruel to you if I wanted to right now because you're not in any position to, and, and not even going there, which is kind of nice. The play doesn't go there. At the same time, I just kind of felt after a while, it's about an hour and, and 50 minutes without intermission, that uh, some of it just seems a little fakey. Some of it, uh, some of the scenes were like, uh, She worked I as a caregiver for people with disabilities, and so did her mom when she came from Poland. From Poland. And it's also something that threw me a little bit, because the, and I know, I know we're in the era when anybody can play anything, but they have a seemingly, and she's very, very good, a young black actress, and so she's on stage, and she's playing the caregiver, and we get in, she's working in the bars, and then suddenly she's on the phone talking Polish. Or what sounded like Polish. That's because the playwright is Polish. I get it. But I'm, I'm saying, because you have, and I'm all for non-traditional casting, I'm going to see a ton of it this afternoon in 1776, where all these women are playing John Adams and Hamilton and, and um, you know Thomas Jefferson and so forth. But still, within the context of this play... David, she has a play called Queens, where a group of immigrant women have, from different countries have an illegal apartment in Queens. I mean, that sounds good, too. She's, she is a very, very good writer. I just didn't feel that this held me enough. Maybe I, maybe I did want a little bit of melodrama. Maybe I wanted to cry at the end. Leslie mentioned there, there is a very effective, wonderful moment in the middle of the play when the husband is taking care of his estranged wife, and you know she is not physically able to feel, on some level, sexual stuff. Or do anything about it because she's, you know, nothing all the way down below the waist. So he figures out another way to connect to her that, you know, it's going to be really creepy, but it turns out to be a, a, a very touching and lovely moment. That's a, I think everybody's favorite moment of the play. Uh, I can't necessarily, and I think I'm also kind of angry at the play because had it been 10 minutes shorter, uh -oh. I would have made another change. <laughs> I would have been home by 11 o'clock instead of 12.30. So I'm a little, little ticked at that, you know, which isn't fair to the play. So under ordinary circumstances, I give it three stars, maybe two and three quarters last night. It's very well acted, and um, Joe Bonney directs. She makes a couple of missteps in, in being too broad. With certain, There's a moment when we get a sense that suddenly the character who is um, the black-slash-Polish woman, who is the caretaker for the CP guy, suddenly we get the feeling, oh, mate, she, is she really mentally ill? Because she goes on this, this rambling monologue tear at a moment. Was, uh, I mean, where did that come from, and where does that go? I mean, she's now living, um, she's semi-homeless, living in a car. Did she lose her mind a little, or is she normal? She's just nervous? So there are moments that feel a little too broad that pull us away from what's going on. I'll, I, I cannot say, run and go see this Pulitzer Prize winning play. Three, a generous three stars for cost of living. You, you, you'll certainly not be bored with it. And it certainly holds you. I just kind of wish I either felt more about it or that I didn't feel structurally manipulated, <laughs> if you will, if not emotionally manipulated by cost of living. I, I guess, you know, this is the kind of thing where I come into New York so infrequently now that if I go in to see a, 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 and it's not fair to the playwright, if I saw this as part of back in the day, when I see three or five plays a week, some on Broadway, some off, and if I saw this at Off-Broadway Manhattan Theater Club in a week like that, I was oh, this is one of the better ones, but because I made it like, this is the one of the two shows I'm seeing while I'm in town on Broadway, Pulitzer Prize, I'm going, okay, 
it's all right. Cost of living, you know, worth 30, 40 bucks if you're willing to go see it. I don't know about Broadway prices, but there it is. And here's a little bit of, do I, do I have a, an image of it? These are the actors kind of um, sort of in character, but sort of headshotty in the show inside Broadway. Well, we're going to go outside Broadway now to finish off the show with, a, with um, oh, oh, Lord help us. We do have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned to get to. But before then, let's do some thank yous and some friends of the neighborhood. So friends in the neighborhood are people who have been on the program, whether it was today, like our wonderful, nah, our wonderful friends, Ronald Rand, who's got a book called Solo Transformations on Stage that you can get wherever books are sold, as well as looking out for his one-man show uh, that he does all over the country, all over the world, about Harold Clerman, Ronald Rand, always such a delight to be in the neighborhood with us. And then Vicki Quaddy, who, even though she may not be in her shows, she does have shows in Chicago at the Greenhouse Theater. There's Late Night Catechism, and of course, for this month, Holy Ghost Bingo. Go see them. And Leslie Hoban Blake, who co-hosts two on the aisle, all about theater reviews, just like I'm doing now. She does them with Charlie Gross, but also they have guest critics like me or David Seward, whom I, who I hope will come back to the neighborhood once, uh, you know, sometime in December, January, we expect to see him back. These are friends of the neighborhood just for today. But also, we check in on people who've been on this program in months and years past. Like we said, we're very, very um, grateful to, I, I forget who posted, but someone found our interview with Peter Tork, the late Peter Tork of the Monkees, and posted it in their, their monkey forum. And so, this is a really good interview. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, all these tons of, of interviews in the archives at archive.org and davesgoneby.com. But some people, you know, Folks who are still alive and still making songs, doing theater, writing books, being in movies and TV shows, we're letting you know, hey, this is where you can see this person now. For example, uh, playing now for several weeks, there's a new play called Everything's Fine, and it's written by our friend Douglas McGrath, directed, by the way, by John Lithgow. So go see Off-Broadway, Everything's Fine, by our friend Douglas McGrath. Penny Arcade is playing tonight at Joe's Pub over on Lafayette Street. And uh, Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano, don't forget, they do Saturday, yeah, Saturday nights at Birdland at 5.30 p.m. You could go, I, if I wanted to, if I, uh, I, I'm, I'm exhausted, but if I come out of 1776 and I want to hear more music, I could just stay right in Midtown, 5.30, go see Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano at Birdland. Go to birdlandjazz.com for tickets. On Monday, Julie Holston is doing her latest cabaret show called Declassified. That, too, is at Birdland. And also on Monday, Jeff Harner, congratulations. He will be in Chicago. He is the national honoree of the Chicago Cabaret Professionals, and they're going to have a little celebration at the Epiphany Center for the Arts in Chicago, Illinois. Starting on Tuesday and running through the very end of December, Lonnie Price is staging a play called Gabriel Miller, is staging a play 
featuring and written by Gabriel Byrne. It's called Walking with Ghosts, G not goats, ghosts, S-T-A, you know, in time for Halloween, Walking with Ghosts on Broadway at the Music Box Theater on West 45th Street. So yay, Lonnie Price, back on Broadway directing. Um, and then speaking of directors and speaking of, oh, honey, oh, honey, we have an alert. Austin. Guess which one is an Austin Pendleton alert? Oh, Austin Pendleton. Austin Pendleton always doing something on, off, off, off Broadway cabaret. From October 20th through November 6th, he is directing a new play by Sarah Treem called The How and the Why, and it is being, doing, being done, after three hours, my mouth, uh, at the Sheen Center on Bleecker Street, The How and the Why by Sarah Treem, directed by our pal Austin Pendleton. David Broza, the musician, uh, he has a new EP out called David Broza Sings Leonard Cohen, and October 21st is the release date for his version of the great famous Blue Raincoat. So check out David Broza uh, and his music. Marilyn May is, is she's, wow. she's like 92 at this point, and she is at 54 below from now through October 22nd. And then you have just a couple more weeks to catch both Hal Linden and Bernie Capel in, or actually I think just this weekend, to see them in two Jews talking. The show is being extended because, you know, there's still an old guard of old Jewish people who go for a nice matinee of Jewish people talking. But Hal Linden is leaving the show after this weekend. I think Bernie Capel is staying. And Linden is being replaced by Josh Mostel. Would love to get him on the show. What stories he would tell. But Hal Linden and Bernie Capel, at least still this weekend, both of them in Two Jews Talking Off-Broadway. Uh, Tanya Pinkins is, um, is off-Broadway in a revival of A Raisin in the Sun that is at the Public Theater now through the first week of November. And then uh, also playing off-Broadway at The Wild Project on East 3rd Street. It's a new musical by and featuring Jill Sabule. It's called Fuck 7th Grade. I wonder what that's about. Go see it at The Wild Project now through early November. And Linda Lavin, she's in a play again. It's called You Will Get Sick. It's a roundabout production at the Laura Pell's Theater on West 46th Street. Don't forget, Toga Feldshoe got amazing reviews. She is in Funny Girl now. Everybody's seeing it for Leah Michelle, And then they're realizing, oh my God, Tova's in it too. She's amazing. Uh, it's at the August Wilson Theater. Lilius White is playing Herm Hermes or Hermes or Hermitage, whatever, in Hades Town at the Walter Kerr Theater. Um, and don't forget, Alan Menken has two shows where he wrote the music, Aladdin on Broadway, Little Shop of Horrors off Broadway, Dr. Demento doing new Dr. Demento shows every week at drdemento.com, Bob Cudmore telling stories of, of upstate New York history at bobcudmore.com, and don't forget to check out stagebuddy.com for news about New York nightlife, and that website was founded by and is run by my friend Evan Seplo. And those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, friends of the neighborhood, this has been the neighborhood that you have been watching. Dave's gone by every Saturday from 9 until noonish or thereabouts. If you want to contact me, 
Dave's gone by at AOL.com or check my my Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2. Plus, also, I, I urge you, if you want to read my theater reviews from the past, like, 30 years, if you want to read my plays, my um, couple don't really have a lot of screenplays, but if you want to read my song lyrics or all the other stuff that I've been writing, go to DaveLefkowitz.org. DaveLefkowitz.org. Org. It's all free. There's no paywall. There's no anything. I just want people to read my work. I would love for theater companies to read my plays and do them that way or anthologize them with my permission. Just just get my stuff out there. I've reached the age where, you know, I'm not going to get a Broadway show. I'm not going to get this and nothing's going to happen. But, you know, if a couple somebody logs on to DaveLefkowitz.org and gets a chuckle out of one of my songs or... If they enjoy one of my plays, hey, that was pretty damn good, or a short story or something, and I hear from them, that would be fantastic. Also there, if, if you dare, you can read every one of my Colorado limericks of the damned. Because for years now, I've been writing a poem after poem after poem after poem based on different places in the state of Colorado. I've got more than 200 you wouldn't think of that, that many cities and towns in Colorado, but there are. And, and I'm still trying to do them. I'm still trying to keep them coming. Would love to get to the point where I've got 365 of them, but that, that's just not going to work. I think I'll hit 250. I'm hoping. I, I hope I can jinx it by saying that. But every week I share a limerick with you. They're disgusting. They're rude because limericks are supposed to be kind of amusing and raunchy-ish. And minor. Minor, uh, they, they, yeah, they're disgusting. And when you go on DaveLefkowitz.org and you read one after another, after another, after another, you realize what a sick son of a bitch I really am. Because one or two, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's dirty. Oh, that's naughty. Oh, that's a little sick. But, but taken as a group, you read 10 or 20 of them at a time, you go like, how has this man not been institutionalized? <laughs> you really do. Go read them. DaveLeftGoods.org. But I do have one, just one for you, a new one. This Saturday on Dave's Gone By, we're going to Virginia Dale for our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So, this is a limerick. Oh, yes, Colorado we go to Virginia Dare, Colorado. Who even knew this existed? And the amazing thing is these aren't like an outlying little, little whatevers. This is um, a small, small town called Virginia Dare, at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's only 45 minutes northwest of Fort Collins. It's four miles south of Wyoming. So it's not so completely out of the way. It started in the 1860s as a stagecoach station uh, where, where passengers could actually get off the stagecoaches, spend a little time, you know, have a hotel for overnight before they get back on for more of the journey. Um, there was also a creek in the town, which another name for a creek is a dale. Mm -hmm. And um, the Virginia Dale Station, this is from Wikipedia, was established by a guy named Jack Slade, a former stagecoach station manager in Julesburg, Colorado, while Slade's wife was named Virginia. Oh. Behold, Virginia Dale. Uh, now, I mean, this is, this is, 
this guy, man, this this Jack Slade, he got into a dispute with a fellow named Jules Benny. Benny had previously shot Slade five times, but Slade survived and exacted his revenge by ambushing Benny, tying. And by the way, I keep thinking of Jack Benny, but no, it's it's Jack Slade and Jules Benny. Um, he ambushed Benny, tied him to a fence post, and shot off his fingers. Oh, my God. And then for the coup de grace, he shot Benny in the head. Oh, nice. This is horrible. Slade kept Benny's ears as trophies. Oh, no, no, no. And then they, they made him station match Sturb Julesburg. Wow. I guess the people were afraid of him. Oh, not, not so much. In fact, Slade met and breakfasted with a fellow named Samuel Clemens, whom we better know as. Oh, um... It's the, I don't, I don't yeah, Mark remember. Twain. Thank you. Mark Twain, and Mark Twain wrote about their meeting in his book, Roughing It. Mm -hmm. Eventually, stagecoaches went out of favor. The Union Pacific Railroad came in, and the town thrived for a while. Although in the 1990s, the cafe and post office in Virginia Dale did close. But we're opening up our Colorado Limerick of the Damned this Saturday morning to a new poem about Virginia Dale. Ahem. In old Virginia Dale, there lives a man so frail, his teeth and his gums are the color of plums, and his dick curls in like a snail. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, to complain, remember you can email me, davesgoneby at aol.com, or just post your messages right here. Either direct message me or post it under the show right on this Facebook page. So... Yeah, our Colorado Limerick of the... You waited almost three hours for that. Anyway, what a, what fun. What a... Oh, my God. I was going to do a short show this week, too. I was going to do, like, you know, maybe two hours. And what do you know? Here we are. It's 11.54 in the morning, Eastern Time. And you've been watching the 868th episode of Dave's Gone By. With me, Dave Lefkowitz, my amazing wife, Joyce. So, yeah. Well, I wish you all, um, certainly I think uh, tonight is going to be Simchas Torah, or maybe last time or something, we're in Simchas Torah right now. So, so you know, happy times for Jewish people, yay. Um, as a matter of fact, I got the, the Jewish paper. Oh, you can, can, uh, Rabbi Saul will have it, but can you reach for it right there and, and toss it to me? So, I saw this, and you rarely see this, because everything's going to be about the Holocaust and problems. But I saw this, like, you know, Zman uh, Simchatenu. And it's like, wow, for once, something happy. Simcha. Yeah. A happy time for Jewish people, ladies and gentlemen. Simcha Tenu, the end of the high holy days. And one of the, the best of all, uh, rejoicing in the reading of this Torah and then starting it all over again. If you want to hear some funny stuff about that, go to Rabbi Saul Solomon's website, shalomdamit.com, and watch his stage show that they filmed called Shalom Dammit, an evening with Rabbi Saul Solomon, and even talks about uh, Shemayat Zeret and Simchas Torah in, a, in an amusing fashion. So, hon, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to uh, share? Or, or do, oh, here we go. Kathy Hochul, or no, which? Don't let your child become this adult. <laughs> okay, I can show that. Yes, I mean, Rabbi Saul will probably go through this himself at some point, but, um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be rabbit alcoholics. 
Oh, I'm, I'm getting punch drunk, and I'm first starting my day. I got to go into New York now. So I'm not sure, once again, if I will be here next Saturday or if I might take a week or two or maybe even three off to just collect my thoughts and get my real day job done or my day job done. So I'm hoping maybe I'll be here next week. I don't, I, I kind of doubt it. But follow the show. Find us on YouTube. Check out davesgoneby.com because not only are all the archives there, but we'll also keep you posted when there's a new show and stuff like that. Uh, get on my Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2. Go to archive.org also for some of our old, for all of our old shows. It, we're all over the place. If you miss us and next tell week. Tell people who have that monkeys group that you're going to send, you'll post the new link to the new show. Well, I sent it to you. I tried to DM you. Oh, I thought you put it on. Oh, no, I, no oh. I sent it to you. I can't on my phone. So I sent ah. it to your uh, one of your. Um, check your Facebook uh, Facebook accounts because I sent you a direct message. Oh, direct message. I can repost it as part could, of it. Yeah. You could, I think it's the old one. It looks like, from the picture, it looks like it's the old one. But I don't know how to. Oh, sure. Well. Well, yeah, and, and as I said, if you want to watch or listen to the two interviews Archives we did with Peter Tork, they're on there. Uh, we've done interviews anything. with Dave Davis of the Kinks. We've had uh, a member of the band Dawes on the show. October Project was on the show. A lot of solo artists and musicians as well. Uh, we, we had two of the guys from Buck Cherry, on the, or one or two of the guys from Buck Cherry on the program. So, yeah, uh, we, we, we've done... And it's all there for you to enjoy and listen to for free in the davesgoneby.com archives. So, it's almost noon. I'm going to go. And it's been a delight spending three hours with you, as always, on the 868th episode of Dave's Gone By. Check out the website. We will see you, if not next week, maybe next week, but if not, very soon with the 869th episode of the show. Until then, don't miss your Dave's going by. Love you, Joyce. Love to, to Mom for putting us up for a couple of days. Love to Joyce's in-laws that she'll see later. And gone a bye Dave's gone by. I gotta say, this is sort of axolotl esque. Eh, maybe not.